Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk episode 40. We have the whole crew today for a bit. Cam's going to be with us for probably the first half of the episode. He just couldn't help but hold back his thoughts on Transformers Rise of the Beast, one of the peak cinematic experiences of the year. Uh, we got a pretty solid episode for you today. We got the review of Transformers Rise of the Beast, Flamin' Hot, uh, the Flamin' Hot Cheeto movie, big Frito-Lay corporate movie biopic. And then we got lots of trailers, tons of movie news, pretty packed on the news front this week. And then we're going to do a draft of the worst acting performances of all time, which should get quite interesting. I'm really excited to see where everyone's going to go with that one. As always, check out the Patreon in the description down below. We have updated all the tiers, so you're going to be getting a lot more bang for your buck on all the different tiers. We also have merch. We had some new merch for Spider-Verse come out. I'm going to have some new merch coming out this week as well, including some summer tanks and other stuff for, you know, sun's out, guns out, getting the good tan on in the summer. But that's it for the quick updates before we start the show. Let's go ahead and get into it. How's everyone doing this week? I'll start with George. I understand there is, uh, there's some tennis going on right now. Uh, the French there's, Open final, yeah. I believe. Who are you French pulling for and how was your week? See, it's the tough, tough, tough ask on who I'm pulling for. It's Djokovic versus Casper Rude. I want Djokovic to win because I want to see history. If he wins this, he surpasses Rafa with the most majors. But I also want to see Casper win because he's a dog and I love him. Uh, so I'm really just rooting for a good match. Realistically, I think Novak's going to win this in four or five sets. I think I tweeted Novak at five before the match started. So we'll see how that holds up. Um other than that, week's been fine. Uh, started the week feeling a little crappy. Uh, so that was kind of gone by like Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, worked from home on Friday, which was nice. Got to watch some tennis matches while I could work from home. Um, and then yesterday, just kind of chilled. Me and Victoria had a little day downtown. And then we went to Brooklyn at night. Uh, but yeah, all in all, fine week. Started pretty ass, just with feeling shitty and sick. And turned into a pretty decent week dealing with some fun air quality in new york and you got you have a pretty big night tonight don't you yeah we're going to the ed sheeran concert at metlife stadium tonight that'll be a blast wow. that dude yeah. the dude stadium show is like insane and it's so weird because i feel like his yeah. performances are such like intimate performances but yet he's able to do it in front of like 80k yeah it's no we saw him when did we see him we saw him our junior or senior year of college at um whatever stadium the eagles play at i don't know what it's called uh, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head either. Yeah, Whatever the Eagles they Stadium. <laughs> Nailed it. Probably just got, got it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he could put on a show, so I'm excited. Nice, nice. And then Cameron, we have uh, we're graced with your presence for the first half of this episode. I understand you're in Nashville for it's wedding season for the Walsh household. So how's it going yeah. down in Tennessee? Yep, second wedding of the week of the month. Uh, second wedding in a row. Um feeling better than last week so sorry for the performance last week um in nashville like a good nashville trip it's like the only fun thing in the midwest so um shout out that i guess i do not um, consider tennessee the midwest i don't know it's in the it's middle rock. of the west i'm counting it i'm counting it I, I need, expert we need analysis. this win we need this win but uh yeah i didn't go to bed till like 3 a.m., something like that. Woke up at 8 because my uh, Emma and I actually woke up at like 7, 7.30 because Emma and I are on very much like have a kid time. So we just wake up normally pretty early. So didn't sleep at all. Last night, obviously had the wedding. Shout out Kylie and Kyle. Um, congrats on the marriage. Um, got 
honestly, I don't even, I don't even think I was like absurdly drunk, but I think I just ate way too much because they catered Chick Fil A in as like a like. Oh as like the midnight snack. So like after dinner and I was just munching Chick-fil-A and Emma, every time Emma would see me, I'd be like chewing. You'd be like, you got to stop eating Chick-fil-A. It's too much. And so then I just got absorbed in, in the Chick-fil-A sweats and I was feeling awful. And so we, we got a shuttle back from the venue, which is like 30 minute. It was like a 30 minute drive outside of um, Nashville. Um, and so the shuttle brings people back. It stops at the first hotel and I'm like, I got to get off this shuttle. I'm going to yak. I'm going to just make a fool of myself. So I got off the shuttle and they're like, we are not close to your hotel. And so I map it and I was like a 15 minute walk. And I'm like, I can make that walk. I get to the hotel, not the hotel we're staying at. The hotel we're staying at is actually like an hour walk. Um, so then I just uh, I was feeling a little better, got some fresh air. And so then I just trekked through Nashville downtown. So like there's like Broadway, you know, that's where all like the major bars are in Nashville. That's where all my friends were. And uh, Emma was there. And so like I trekked the hour and 15 minute walk to Broadway. Um, and then I ended up we ended up walking home. And so that was like another 20, 25 minute walk. So ended up walking like three and a half miles last night at like 1 a.m. Um, I was texting you guys. I was, I, I shockingly didn't yak on the side of the road. So that, that made me feel well. Um, but long weekend, gotta, gotta do better next weekend, but next weekend is a, is a family wedding. So it'll be, it'll be tame. Is that one in Indiana at least, or are you traveling again? Florida. Jeez, Florida. Man, you are. Jesus. How far is Florida away from you? Hmm? How far is Florida away from Indiana? We're you gotta be flying to that. Two hours, two hour flights. Not terrible. Uh, but it, I mean, it, if it's driving, it's like 18 hours. Wow. So Cam's got a packed month worth of travel. Yeah, but so, sorry for the lack of presence on the, on the pod, but I, I did want to come in and talk transformers rise of the peak. So. <laughs> Seth, Seth, how's your week been? There's a UFC card last night. Amanda Nunez laid down the gloves, retired. Yeah. It was How'd it go? Dog shit. It was dog shit. Um, I don't know, man. I'm too. I'm getting too old for this. I'm so tired. But I say that, and I'll do it next week, and I'll do it the week after, and the week after. I was gonna say. I feel like you've been saying that since we yeah, started. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I don't know why I'm trying to kid myself. It was fine last night. Amanda Nunes' fight was just horrendous. Um, it was good. Not UFC last night was fine. Whatever. Had a pretty good week. Other than that, not really done too much this week. Got quite packed. This week, me and Anna are going up to London on Tuesday, then coming back on Thursday, then going to Manchester on Friday for Hans Zimmer, then coming back on Friday night, and then going up to London again on Saturday morning for uh, Les Mis at the West End, which should be good for Anna's birthday. And then coming back on Sunday morning back to Sheffield. So it's a lot of fucking traveling, a lot of trains, a lot of money, really. Um, but that should be good. A lot of plans coming up this week. Um, but yeah, pretty much it, apart from that. Watched a few films, which we get into. Spent my Transformers was uh, interesting. We'll go over that, I'm sure. It's your favorite um, yeah. movie of the year. Uh, second behind Flaming Heart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's been a pretty standard week for me. Yeah, that's a huge week ahead, though. Coming up with both Hans Zimmer live and Les Mis live. That's going to be electric. Yeah. I'm excited to hear all I'm, about that. I'm the Flash. 
which we'll see what what I think about. I'm going to the flash screen and now I've decided. Is that is is that are you like doing that in the same trip or are you traveling down to London separate times? No, it's annoying because we the the, the flash screening um the Warner Brothers one that's on Wednesday evening. It's got like an after party and stuff like that. But <clears throat> we have to go to Manchester. Manchester is like it's an awkward place. So what we'll have to do is go to London on the Wednesday or the Tuesday night, stay over in London. Go there on the Wednesday. They come back the Thursday morning back to Sheffield, which is uh, probably about two and a half hours from London, and then go to Manchester on the Friday, then come back from Manchester, and then go from Sheffield again to London on the Saturday. So it's just like it's trains are expensive, man. It's a lot of fucking money. There's no way you can kind of get from one to the other easily. Um, so yeah, we'll probably have to just come back and forth, which is annoying. But I, I don't mind going to London. It's fine. Well, big week of travel ahead for you and Cam. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- uh, my week... Had the week off from work, but uh, since we got the pup a week ago, realized like having a puppy doesn't really like, like just didn't have much free time. I was expecting to just grind all week on stuff, but you know, most of the time you just need the eyes on the pup to make sure it's not pissing somewhere or chewing something up, which in hindsight might be like a blessing in disguise. Cause like I probably could have used the week to just kind of be more chill as opposed to just being like working on my computer for 10 hours a day. Like it probably would have been. Um, but yeah, so Friday, yeah, Friday, Riley and I went in the backyard, got out there at like 5 a.m. and started like weeding, trimming trees, doing yard work because it gets so hot here in the summer that we just got to be up at like the crack of dawn to start working on it. So our backyard is like majorly improved, which I'm happy about. And then yesterday, uh, got in a fight uh, with the sun. Uh, sun always wins. Oh. So, <laughs> so my. Uh, I was so confused. Though. I, thought, yeah. I really thought, yeah. I, I was thought, like, what the fuck? I threw, like, threw the, this? Had to throw <laughs> the misdirection. The but yeah, no, got in a fight with the sun. Uh, under this shirt is a, is a devastating sight. It's just it's just red, and it's it's painful. But, uh, you know, we, we we're battling back with some aloe vera, and we'll, we'll win this one in the end. It's about the win and the, win and the war, not the battle. Uh, and then... How hot is it there for you? Because it's, it's, at the moment here, it's like... 30 celsius which is i think like what mid 80s yeah, maybe 90 like, i see on twitter y'all had breaking news that uk gets to well, 30 celsius which is like 86 fahrenheit well we did this last year i don't understand because they do this every year but then last year we got to last year was ridiculous we had like a, a three days last year on like 40 degrees which is like 105 110 or something which is f- like really hot right yeah uh, but they just they just overreact to everything it's really fucking annoying i just hate <laughs> the uk man yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the the move for the news no matter what country you're in. They just want to make everything like the craziest thing's ever been. But yeah, for me, like I tweeted it the other day, like this upcoming week is going to be about 105 to 109 degrees every single day. So we're, we're in the thick of it now. And it's going to be that way until September. It, we're, we're, we won't get under 100 degrees until about September. So that's just kind of the way it rolls. Oh, and there's, uh, oh yeah, it, it, it's rough. It's rough, man. Um but yeah, then yeah. after 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 losing that battle with the sun yesterday, just spent the whole day with like my shirt off trying to cool off, and I redid this entire office. Finally got the backdrop done. Finally got my new mic plugged in. Uh, like I said the other week, like I, it, this was like an eight hour task that I just kept putting off, and it took me forever. But I mean, Monday I start my new work from home job, so like right off screen is my work from home desk setup. So like I had to get it done because like I start my job tomorrow. So I was like, okay, now I literally can't procrastinate. I need to get this office in order. So we're good to go now. New setup. Let me know if y'all like it in the comments. If the my audio sounds better, I haven't really tested this mic or anything. But new mic, new webcam, new backdrop, new lighting, all that good stuff. But yeah, let's get into this week's reviews. First up, we will go with Transformers: Rise of the Beast. So this is uh, basically like it's not technically like a reboot because you still have you know all the all the similar people and you're still within the same universe. But 
it kind of acts as a soft reboot in the sense of Seth, you said you've only seen the first Transformers and I don't yeah. think you literally would be like nothing in Transformers Rise of the Beast wouldn't have make sense for you by not seeing like the last night age of extinction stuff like that. I think it's very accessible for new fans of Transformers because I'm calling you a new fan. Uh, it's directed by Stephen Cable Jr. It's a 90s globe trotting adventure that introduced the Maximals, Predacons and Terracons to the existing battle on Earth between Autobots and Decepticons. So we're getting a lot of new friends and faces uh, starring Anthony Ramos, Dominique Fishback. And, uh, of course, the kind of main guy in this one for the Transformer world is Mirage. And, uh, yeah, I think we should just start off by talking about our quick non-spoiler thoughts. More so just saying overall, if we liked it, didn't like it, give our score. And then we'll jump into just talking about the movie in general, uh, talking about spoilers and such. So we'll kick it off first to Cam since he's joining us for this review, which I didn't initially expect. So happily have happy to have him here. Let's go to you. What What are your thoughts? Um. <clears throat> I was a bit disappointed with this one. I saw good reviews, not great, but good. And, you know, I'm kind of, I feel as though, and you know, more, more often than not, I'm probably higher on a movie than most. Um, just if like, if I'm entertained by it, this thing, it just falls into the rest of the Transformers franchise where it's just stupider and stupider. And I think this one does not do any different um, on a stupidity level, I guess. Like I, I said in my review, I was like, I had, and it's like a fun time. I didn't, I didn't hate watch it, but like, it was just so goddamn stupid the whole time. Um, it, there's a lot of moments that are just, again, stupid. I don't even know how else to describe, <laughs> but um, like, it, it, like you said, it could be a reboot. It could be a prequel. It could be a, a sequel to Bumblebee. It, it like wasn't a reboot, but they retcon like half the things that happened in the Bayverse. And so now they're like saying it's a reboot. Um, at, but like, it's a reboot with all the character designs being the exact same. And it's just like, what, what's the, what's the fucking point? Um, and I, you know, we can get into it more when, when we talk like spoilers and what actually happens in this movie, but there are just so many moments where I was like, this is just fucking dumb. Um, and that, and that's really my biggest takeaway. So I gave it a 52 out of hundred, I believe. So like a two and a half out of five. Again, I didn't, I didn't hate my time watching it. I just like, I just kind of was blown away by how stupid it was. It shocked me because I saw your TikTok review first before I saw you give it 2.5. And from the first 15 seconds of your TikTok review where it's just 15 minutes straight of you laughing out loud, I was like, oh, he probably rated this a one star, 0.5 star. And I was like, 2.5. Like, I didn't even, like, the first 15 seconds of your review, there's no dialogue. It's just you laughing, like, covering your face. I was like, I was just a 2.5 for me. It, it, it genuinely made me laugh in the theater. Like, at the very end, <laughs> yeah, makes which me, we'll talk about. Had but, me dying yeah, laughing, I was, but. I was doubled over laughing at the I think end. this is like my third highest rated Transformers honestly that, that says that says a lot that's so bad above every Bay film <laughs> except the first and and uh just below no way you have this above Dark of the Moon yeah dude i think dark of the moon kind of stinks i'm sorry i do too I but like i think i need to yeah, i think so i need to adjust my dark of the moon rating but i don't know well, I watched yeah like bro you do you night. have it a point five. <laughs> <laughs> uh seth transformers rise of the beast you have like i said earlier you've only seen the first transformers and now this yeah. is your second um what are your thoughts yeah i don't know man. like i i said this on my review take it with a pinch of salt i've not seen i watched the the First one when I was younger, I liked it when I was younger. I, I rewatched it a couple of years ago. I actually quite like the first one. It was like a three point five for me. I think it's pretty good. Um I don't know, man. It's, I just I was so bored during this, to be honest. It's it's it felt visually uninspired, it felt it felt cliche, it felt lifeless, and I just I found it pretty dull. And again, 
I think I would find most Transformers films dull now. Uh, I just don't think that's... I, I, I'm just not interested in this kind of watching two robots fight at all. It just, it just doesn't bother me. Um, and I think that shows when I, when I was watching it, I was just not having a good time with it at all. Oh, okay. Actually, whilst I'm here, what did I say to you guys on text the other day? I, I said the most embarrassing thing happened to me at the cinema. Oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. And I didn't you didn't tell it was. us a story. Oh, so this is uh, at the Transformers Rise of the Beast screening you were at? Single-handedly, this is probably one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened in my life. Okay? So, I walk into the cinema, and, you know, I'm chilling. I'm on my own, ready to see the new Transformers. You know, got my drink in my hand, whatever. And I'm walking into the cinema, and it's really busy, because this is like Friday... Um, sunny day, you know, people were there, whatever. It was like a packed cinema. I walk into the to, to, to my screen, and I've got like five people behind me walking in, like directly behind me with their stuff. I've basically booked it so I could go at the back row right on the end in case I hated it that much and I just wanted to leave. That was like my, 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 um, my idea behind that. And then... I look on the back row and there's 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 a woman sitting there and I'm like, oh, okay, that she 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 sat in my seat. Uh it wasn't my seat. So I walk up to to this woman. And it turns out I w- I booked the end of the row. So this side. We'll say this side, right? So the left side for people who listen. I booked to the left hand side of the row. She was sat on the right hand side. I had hide in my head it was the right hand side. Idiot like I am, I didn't check. I walk up, the woman sat here. I'm like, oh, I'll just sit on the seat next to her then, because that's free. I can't be asked to check where my actual seat is. I'll just sit on the seat at the end. There wasn't a seat at the end. Do you want to try and guess what happened? So you fell down. I fell very, very yeah. far down in front of about ten people I, and poured oh. my drink over myself. Oh like my! Was. I was not following that story for a little bit. That's I literally. <laughs> I was a little lost. I literally looked at this woman, went to the end of the row, went to sit down in a seat that I thought was there, in front of about seven people, and fell straight on my back, blew my drink everywhere, and people were just laughing at me. The woman next to me was just looking at me and I was like oh I thought there was a seat there and I was just getting laughed at and then I had to sit down and watch the film in front of everyone next to everyone as well did you sit on a seat or just on like the stairs <laughs> I was tempted to just like honestly I probably would have just went home dude I, I was gonna say I'm surprised you I would have been like played it off and like oh let me go clean up and then just left the theater never oh, like, come back. pretend to be on the phone or something yeah. like answer the phone or something and just walk out that's unreal that affected your so... feeling experience so would, yeah. would have been a five out of five if not for that. I think it would have been a four point five. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was really really embarrassing. I rang her after. I was like, Jesus Christ! I think the worst bit is I had to sit there after. Do you know what I mean? And I knew that these people are just laughing. I look like a no, fucking yeah. freak right now. They're sitting they're sitting on their podcast right now talking about how an idiot talking about how someone like <laughs> fell over there. Some like dumbass fell. Yeah. <laughs> Worst um, cinema experience for them. So yeah, that was that was terrible. That was really embarrassing. I can't remember the last thing that's happened to me. Um, it didn't feel very good. But yeah, onto the film. I don't know, man. It's just not really my thing. I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I was I was pretty bored. Uh, there was a few moments which which got a little chuckle out of me. There was a few 
sequences, a few bits of dialogue now and again. Um, and I, I found the, the human characters to just be so lackluster um, and and not fleshed out and, and just boring and, and very, very formulaic. But um, again, I'm lower on this than most, so maybe people like to... I had a few like, people messaging me like saying it was one of the best ones. Like, Fuck it out, this is one of the best ones. I'm watching any of the other ones because it's shite. But you know, is what it is. I, I, it's not. It's not something for me. And um, yeah, it was. A, I think I gave it a one point five. Yeah, one point five. So, George, what it is. Uh, did your cinema experience live up to that? I mean, my cinema experience was perfectly fine. I guess. <laughs> no falling over then. No, I didn't. I didn't fall or spill uh, or spill drinks on me. I did. Uh, I did do that thing where you like open the bag of M and M's, and I accidentally opened it too much, and all the M and M's went on me. But they just went on my sweatshirt, so I kind of picked them up and put them back in the bag, and still enjoyed them. Um, but I yeah, still nothing. Enjoyed them. I didn't. I didn't fall downstairs, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I would have been better though. I kind of wish I'd have fell down the stairs because then at least I'd have been hurt. I would have gone home. I would have gone home. So I'm kind of upset I didn't fall down the stairs. Uh, But no, I, I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where like you just don't go into these movies with expectations because of how crappy this franchise has kind of turned out. And I do like Bumblebee a lot, so I'm not adding Bumblebee into that mix. But you know, what why? is that what? counted in the universe? Is yeah, that like yeah, of course, universe? of course. I'm just so saying the, the entire Transformers this is a sequel. To, to yeah, the, the, this is a sequel. To oh, is it? so um, even if this is a reboot, like it's supposed to be, Bumblebee was kind of a reboot, yeah. and for this is just supposed to be a sequel to that. But yeah, oh. but um, yeah, interesting. It doesn't yeah. matter. So just, but like historically, the Transformers franchise, obviously outside of the first, which I really fucking love. I just don't think they've been putting out great movies. So you kind of go into these movies knowing what to expect. And yeah, I gave it a two and a half out of five, which is probably too high, but it's just, you go in, just watch some robots fight and blah, blah, blah. You you, you just live through it. Um, I, I said in my TikTok review, my biggest problem with these Transformers movies nowadays is that they just, they've lost that Michael Bay spark, you know, that, that, that whatever, talent he brought to directing that first movie that just made it so his you know, it's just dunk. well stop it that first movie i, I rewatched yeah, that first movie that right at so fuck off i rewatched that movie right after i, I watched rise of the beast maybe and i 2007 and i still fucking love it like that movie just had all the ingredients to make a transformers movie amazing yeah. and, and i yeah. think he pulled it off when did he stop making for the rest of the four what he lost he did four more after that and never recreated that sport. no so no, no, no 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 revenge of the fallen and dark of the moon may not be great movies but they did no, not lose the spark of creating a spectacle around a transformer like that they still had like optimus prime just he felt made a so large lifeless. transformer have a ball sack he that's his spark congrats michael <laughs> i'm stand. i'm john Turturro. i'm standing under his nuts <laughs> Fuck that movie, man. They're so bad. I hate you. No, they're not. The first one's amazing. Uh, but yeah, this one just kind of, they, they were just running through the motions. There was nothing to it. Nothing that made this stand out from the rest of the Transformers movies. Um, the final battle was okay. Uh, the only part that really like made me hype, I guess, um, was the return of Bumblebee. Um, this movie also, and this is such a weird comparison, maybe not even a comparison, but this movie I'm makes me that's a... a spoiler. You may want to cut that part. Oh, 
Yeah. It, 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 who gives a fuck? It's a, trans, a Transformers yeah. movie. Uh, but this movie makes me appreciate James Gunn's soundtrack for the Guardians movies so much better because this movie objectively had amazing songs, but they just never knew when to play them. And they just always felt so out of place. And it just made me, like, literally while I was watching this movie, I was like, this is making me appreciate Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 so much more because of the impact the soundtrack has on that movie. This movie felt like they ran through the movie and they just picked out of the hat of iconic songs and just tossed them in wherever. And it just felt very out of place. Um, when did yeah. Michael Bay stop doing them? After... The last night Michael was his Bay last one. I don't know what year night. that was. Probably like 2016. Yeah, done, who, who did not the done Bumblebee in this one. No. Uh, but yeah, I went with a two and a half out of five. It, it was fine. It's probably going to go lower uh, when I don't rewatch it. I'm going to forget about <laughs> this movie in a week and I'll be like, okay, this does not deserve a two and a half out of five. Yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I just, this movie is so bland and dull, man. And like, I, I'm kind of in between Cam and George and the Michael Bay discussion. I think Michael Bay's writing is not great. I think this movie was written better than a lot of the Michael Bay Transformers movies. But this was easily the most boring and lacking in stylistic flair than any Michael Bay movies. Even ones that are rated lower than this, like objectively, just because I just think the writing was just stupid and dumb and they had no clue they were doing. I still think this is, this one just lacked the action and spark to make me engaged and interested in the story. I just thought this was so bland and dull. The first, like, 30 minutes were such a slog. And the the third act battle that George was talking about, I felt like that went on forever. I was like, oh, yeah, my same, God, same. this battle is never ending. Like, I thought the movie was going to end several times. <laughs> um, I really like Anthony Ramos. I thought he was very solid. Yeah. Dominic Fishburne's character, opposite, in my opinion. I did not think she was great. Um I just thought it was boring, dry. I thought the visuals were not great either. Like le- legitimately the 2007 one, I think has better CGI and better effects than this one did. Like I thought, especially cause I think maybe it was just a setting. Cause when they're in like the mountains and on the grass, like all these transformers, like within the wildlife setting looked so off. And like, you could just tell they were plopped in there on a computer. Whereas, you know, all the Michael Bay movies, every single one takes place, you know, in cities and backgrounds that are probably rendered skyscrapers and stuff every, anyways. But the clash between these Transformers and the grass and stuff, I just thought it looked, looked abysmal. Um, th- there was some laugh out loud moments, not from like the comedy, but like the end, which we're about to talk about once we get into spoilers, like legitimately <laughs> made me laugh out loud. But yeah, like, I, I don't know, like, yeah it just blows my mind. This is a 2023 movie. And like, I thought like the transforming was like lamer than like a 2007. That's what one. I'm saying, like, man. Like, the, the spark, the spark. Yeah. You watch the 2007 yes. version and the transforming. It's just, it's no one's massive. arguing it's with grand. 2007, but he, he was, he went one for five, man. <laughs> and I'm not arguing the transforming in the first movie was incredible. And That's this movie at least tried to have transforming versus a beads flying through the air with their fucking, I, I believe it was called transformium. Transformium, George. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, to be man. fair, Michael Bay is just adapting comics, so Transformers is with two characters in this universe. That is that is for no reason. Rough. But um, so Transformers, like this one, like yeah, all the transforming scenes were so lame and dull. Like every single Bay movie looks better than this one, and like so the the one cool scene is when like the car slides and he hops out of it and throws on his backpack. But they played it in the trailer seven thousand times. So it's not cool. And then the one where he's sitting in the car and slowly turning around while he's transforming. 
So bad. That's so bad. No, that was awesome. No, no. that's so bad, dude. That's the only one. Every I cool moment in this movie they put in the trailers awesome. for like six months, and I don't know, like it. I don't and, remember that one. And since we already spoiled that's it, the like, only one I made note of and I liked. Oh no, I thought that was really dumb. Um, and then like when when because since we already spoiled that Bumblebee's in it, um, which isn't really a spoiler. Uh, when the girls in the no, in Bumblebee but... and transforms, like that was so lame too. Like when she like when Bumblebee quickly transforms and puts her in there, but uh, yeah. And Cam, it's Transformers. They're gonna have Bumblebee. These are fan service one hundred and one movies. No, not that he didn't say trans. Bumblebee was in all the trailers. That's not what I was talking about. Never mind. We can get into it. In oh, okay. Well, yeah. But um, yeah. So I give it two point five out of ten for one point five stars. Honestly, I was really close. You know, it was point five stars. I hated this. I think I like Dark in the Moon more. So I think I might have to drop this down to a point five. If I'm being honest, I, I'm same thinking about it. Yeah, it's it's it. it and yeah, you're here you first, right? After this podcast is over, this is going down to a point five out of five stars. This is just Jesus. there's nothing. I'll put it down to a one. There's I'll nothing I can say positively. Like there's nothing I, I can say lot. positively. And then someone commented, like, oh, I don't know, maybe you can say positively like the soundtrack. No, the time period. What did the time? The time period didn't change anything. Uh, acting, no. Decent CGI, worst CGI of the t- franchise. Like, what are you guys yeah. talking about? These these are not positives. You're just adding my point. There's no positive this movie. We'll jump into spoilers now. Um, going now. I mean, to, wait, before, I, okay, I, I go mean, ahead. I, this isn't a spoiler, but what did you guys think of Pete Davidson? I actually liked him. I thought he it, did well. It was so, like, obviously Pete Davidson, but for well, some yeah. reason that didn't, like, throw me off. I think that made it so much better. Uh, yeah, I, like, I thought it was that fine. They didn't, like, they didn't even try. They didn't even try to, like... I mean, the bird was Michelle Yeoh, and they didn't... Yeah, really... I know, mean, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Pete Davidson just has such a distinct voice, especially when he's delivering, like, comedic lines. And I was just, like, they didn't even try to, like, make that a Transformer-sounding robot. <laughs> I didn't hate him. I no, I didn't hate him at all. He's getting overused a little bit. They're they're over Pete Davidson, Davidsoning the world right now. And I honestly I, think Pete I, I didn't mind him in funny. this one. I thought I he was kind of funny. funny. I think he's quite funny too. I just think I, I think any actor no, do, you can get every commercial. Yeah, every commercial and like yeah. like he's in Fast X and all this and yeah, like he's just in every random thing. roles. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go into spoilers now. Um, yeah, so cut it here if you don't want to be spoiled from Transformers: Rise of the Peak. But so we're not gonna go like scene by scene through this movie like we do with some of the big releases. One thing I just want to start with right off the bat: so these Maximals. Why don't they just go in maximal form all the time? They say that till the very end. Why are you just nerfing yourself in every battle? What's the explanation? It's just like, oh, they run out of oil or something. Like, I thought it was so dumb. It was like, maximals maximize or whatever. I was like, why weren't you this big the whole time? What's wrong with you? This could have been over so much earlier. You saved it for the very end. I don't know. I thought the there'll ma- be a reason for that. We'll get a Transformers like super fan coming to actually. And I'm saying like exactly what it is. Yeah, they basically pack a punch themselves. They got bigger, they got more armor, and they, they got. Okay, I didn't realize no, they were they any got bigger. bigger. I thought yeah. they just were, became quite a bit of, bigger. Like, they were, uh, they were bigger. Yeah, yeah. No, they became like Super Saiyan mode. But uh, sure. the Maximals, I thought the Maximals were so corny, dude. Like the Optimus Primal, I was named after you. That had that me was laughing so out loud. Funny. Optimus Primal is the funniest freaking name I've ever heard for anything in my life. <laughs> and I feel yeah. like the, then the Primals, yeah. like, are just, the Maximals are just like. I don't know. Like, I get it. It's cool. You're trying to make a gorilla and a cheetah, but I just feel like they're not effective. Like, transform. Like, make them just like big humans, like Optimus Prime, that can blow up shit instead of like. Why are you making just jungle animals? I don't really. I well, don't I mean, know. it's not like they. It's not like they like. 
and I know this doesn't really answer your point, but like, it's not like they made them for this movie. Like they've been in comics and yeah. That's, yeah. So they, I mean, same with transforming them though. Huh? So you can't like, you can't say this movie's always oh, because of the comics and then knock transformium. That's a comic thing too. I don't think it is. I'm going to it now. Okay. You can fact check that. Um, the ending, let's just talk about the very end. Cause that's the part that's is most memorable for me. The, was it a post credit scene or am I just forgetting it? Or was it just the very end? It was like when the when we find out that the G like they're the G.I. Joes are the in the Transformers world, which for me, I never knew like Transformers and G.I. Joe were like supposed to be in the same universe. I don't know if comic readers were already. I think, I think everything under Hasbro is like considered the same universe. Like all the oh, toys is, under Hasbro. Is Barbie owned by Hasbro? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like I think Barbie can Oh really shit, the post credit scene of Barbie's about to be hype. Gotta be so lit. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Ramos walks in. He's like, "We got work Bro, to do." And hands Barbie a GI Joe card. I didn't know that. That's interesting. In like the Barbie movie, you just see Optimus Prime in the background. <laughs> Walking. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Like if Hasbro owns all the rights, all them like might as well just make them all combined because that's yeah. what everyone's trying to do these days. But yeah, I don't know. Like the big thing for me that like really dragged down this movie is just that final battle. Cause I just felt like that went on. Like I know Seth agreed. It just went on so long and it was, it's like one of those things that like a lot of movies like this suffer from that. I can't think of a one, another one off the top of my head where it's like, there's world ending stakes consequences that are going to have ramifications for the entire universe. But like, yet I didn't feel that at all or feel like anything was in jeopardy the whole time. The walkie talkie call with his brother was so silly, like getting him to get up. And I, I don't know, personally for me, I hated yeah, the Iron Man suit. Maybe I thought that was awful. Like I th- Wakanda forever ending. Maybe not quite as bad, but that's kind of in terms of like a, let, a, lo- a super long battle. Wakanda forever. No, no, I'm saying, uh, well, I think this is worse than Wakanda Forever ending. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said. Yeah. I think. Sorry. I think. Yes, the Transformers right, right. one was worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Just similar right. in terms. Of I didn't really feel the stakes and what was happening. Yeah. 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 I said that wrong, but yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah. Any. What, uh, what other things do you guys want to talk about that are technically spoilers? Because I, I don't well, have I've a whole lot of this. I've got plenty. Okay. This is a stupid ass movie, right. man. Um, did you, did first, you take notes during this movie? Yeah, of course. It was so. Did you guys have people in your theater? I I know Seth my, had at least a woman, but mine was oh, full, full, empty. full. Yeah, my full. theater was packed. My theater was absolutely empty. Um, I was sitting next to like, I was sitting like five seats down from like four jackasses, just being jackasses. But like, they weren't the worst I've ever had in a theater, so it was fine. But first yeah. off, the tra- the trans warp key, what a name! Just like it's also. <laughs> By the way, it's the same thing as the, I said this in my review, it's the same exact thing as the Pillars. They just bring a planet to this planet. The Pillars and Dark of the Moon bring uh, Cybertron, and this one brings uh, Unicron, obviously for different purposes, but it's the same fucking thing, just as the Spark and um, and uh, uh, whatever, the Seed and Age of Extinction are the same thing. They just turn things into Transformer metal. It's idiotic how, like, how many MacGuffins go in these movies and like every single movie is just like can you get this object that will destroy the earth or whatever um but yeah this is the same thing as Dark of the Moon um speaking of Optimus Primal uh it's probably one of the worst like hey here's this guy's name I've ever seen in a movie because like he's like you Optimus Primal or something like that 
Like, I feel like the uh, way they said it too with the the cadence and the pause was almost like like they were expecting like a No Way Home reaction or something. Where they're like, yeah. we're like, oh, what, the way we're about to say this, people are gonna lose their minds when they hear. Oh, his name. by the way, sorry, uh, I did look it up. So, Living Metal is in the comics, but it was not. Ne- from what I can find in a quick Google, it was never called Transformium. So, I'm blaming Michael Bay for that. Okay. That's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but. Um, uh, Mirage at one point kills a fucking cop, just like absolutely kills him because he puts the cop car on its side and then a truck runs into it from the top. That person's dead. So, like, just a murderer. Um, and then also, the only positive note I wrote down, Tyler, is Mirage transforming to go forward was, was actually quite sick. That was That's- dope. That that's what really I said. Cool. I thought that was awesome. No, that was cool. At first, I was like, what is he doing? And then he, like, then turned. I thought, I thought he was awesome. getting, like, a weapon system out. No, that, that was dope. That I was thought cool. that was awesome. Quick cut uh, in just to talk that. about the Transformian thing. So the writer, just because it's funny because I Googled it. So the writer, uh, John Rogers, who wrote the Transformers movies, Michael Bay's, these are his other movies. Catwoman and Marry Me from last year. What a writer. What from last year? Marry Me, the Jennifer Owen Lopez. Wilson, Jennifer Lopez. Actually, that movie's better than this, so. <laughs> All right, continue. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think so. I think that I'm movie right. was pissed. They canonize Mark Wahlberg in this universe. Why would you canonize one of the few main actors in this damn universe? Like, he's in two of the Transformer movies, so just don't bring him up. There's no need for that. Um, but apparently this is a reboot, but it's not, so whatever. Um Air Razor, so they split the trans warp key in half, right? Air Razor was protecting the one half, right? She hid it in some bird thing. The three other Maximals are protecting the other half. I feel like that's a little rude on her. She just gets <laughs> It should be two and she's two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's all alone. You could have gone two and two. You could have split it into fourths. No, it's like her alone, and then the other three Maximals are hanging out. And she's like... And someone commented and said that on on my video, she uh, that like she wasn't all alone. But I'm pretty sure she says like she doesn't know where the trans the other piece of the trans warp key is, and she hasn't been in touch or something. I don't know. I'm pretty confident she was alone, but maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, and then the GI Joe tease, like it again, it happened in the comics, so I understand it. It's just so funny how like how like the MCU has just changed every single franchise because now every single franchise has to connect no matter what the, the, the change is like, like Wolverine is fighting the predator in, um, in co- comics right now. Cause they're both Marvel. Um, that's going to happen on screen one day. The I'm Predator's sure. Marvel? Yeah. The predator's Marvel. Yeah. It oh. I'm today years old, but, um, Ooh. Yeah, that's just like it's so like I love the MCU. It's just so funny how much it's changed. Like everything needs to be connected now, and so that's why we get a GI Joe cheese at the end of this. I I don't know. It is so goddamn stupid. I I did write that I I liked the one shot fight. I know we said that it's like CGI. It's pro. It's a lot easier, obviously, to do that than. Uh, I just hate that they, they sh- like sh- that's what I'm saying. They showed us all the cool stuff before the movie yeah. came out. Yeah. Also, okay. Another another idiotic thing that have again, you know, whether this is a reboot or not, they originally marketed it as not a reboot. It's just like a, um, it's just a sequel to Bumblebee, but it just freaking um, it retcons basically everything in the Bayverse. So who knows? Maybe it is supposed to be a reboot, but it wasn't marketed that way. So I don't accept that answer. Um, they kill off Bumblebee and then, and then he comes back cause he's laying on like a field of, uh, Energon 
which is stupid, but who cares? Um, and it's just, it's a character that we have in future movies. So why kill him off and then bring him back? And also they tease that Optimus Prime is going to die at the end. Why not just like sacrifice Optimus Primal? I do not understand that. You have like six new characters that have never been in these future movies. Like why not sacrifice or even if you're not going to kill him off, why not imply you're going to with a new character that you don't know we have five other movies coming up? Like it's just idiotic stuff like that. And then the fucking Iron Man suit, man, was so bad in my opinion. Bro. I was <laughs> yeah. hoping they were going to cover his face when, you know, everything's coming on him. But please cover the face. Don't leave a dome on his face because he looks so corny in this right now. But they left him yeah. with the dome. I was like, oh, no, that was a mistake. Terrible. Yeah, and it's just, I don't, I don't know. I think the big, go ahead, George. I was going to say, Cam brings up a good point. Like, if this movie were, like, a significantly more intimate story that wasn't about the world ending, I think it would have been a ton better. Because, like, we have Transformers 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. We know the world doesn't fucking end in this movie. The stakes don't feel high. Nothing feels real because we know how it's going to end. Whereas, like, Bumblebee, Bumblebee was very, like, small-scale, intimate story, which made the stakes feel higher because, yeah, we know Bumblebee survives, but we don't know what he's going to be going through. Mm, yeah, that no, was like, I it, agree. It's just, it doesn't make sense. And also, I was re-watching the first Transformers after Rise of the Beasts, um, and it's like, the way that movie portrays the Transformers, it's like this is their first time on Earth. But now and I think that's why, I think that's like what the retcon is, is that like, they're going for, a, I, I think it is supposed to be a reboot, but they didn't market it as that. So I'm not accepting yeah. that, but I think it is because you're right. They, like it is their first time on earth. And also they clearly retcon the last night because like in that movie, the earth is Unicron for some fucking reason. Um, and then this one, like I thought, I thought we were going to get like a Unicron, like merging with earth scene, which uh, dude, this thing's a fucking one out of five. <laughs> See, this is we're all talking about this and it's just going down. One thing, for, I, and, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I don't know. I was just gonna say, like, this is not really a spoiler thing, but this is something like I'm not in the majority or minority on. I think there's a 50 50 split, but I don't, I didn't love like the designs of like the Transformers and like the Bumblebee as opposed to Michael Bay universe. I prefer the Bay universe designs, and it's the same in this one. Like, I think Optimus Prime in this movie and Bumblebee just looks so much less intimidating and lame Doesn't than Bumblebee he does in the Bayverse, the or am I wrong? as he does Optimus in the Bayverse. different design, but doesn't all the transformers like have a clearly different distinctive style yeah. in this and Bumblebee than they do in any of the Bay movies. Hmm. Bay movies are much more like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more like pipes and they're bigger. I don't know, but I just, and they have nuts. They do have nuts, which I, you know, give them some nuts. It's why you got to hate on them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I just thought this was, it's just such a imbalanced movie from writing perspective because the first 45 minutes are probably the slowest 45 minutes we've ever had in a transformers movie but yet you but then like so george is saying keep it a grounded story i'm fine with that but then the fact that the last 45 minutes was earth's ending everything's gonna die big cloud above the city in the sky like the world's about to be destroyed it's just so imbalanced from what the first 45 minutes set up where you barely see any transformers it's a slow burn for the first 45 so it's like, what are you going for here? You're going for grounded or are you going for world destruction? Uh, yeah. And the more I'm thinking about this, the more I just really didn't like it. I just didn't really care for anything of this. And like, 
I don't even know. Like my only thing I liked about it was Anthony Ramos. I don't even think he did anything crazy. I thought he was just like, he showed up and did exactly what I'd expect any actor who's working in Hollywood to do. So it's not like I can give him any like props. It's just like, he didn't screw the pooch. So bravo. Yeah. I, I think I, I got a million just like comments on my review of just like, it's fun. What'd you expect? And like, I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't have I know fun though. Well. Did you have fun? Cam? I know. Fucking yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I had a fine time. That's probably why. Which I is fair. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't hate my time with it. Um, but I, at the very least, I was like, this goddamn stupid. Uh, this entire thing is just like every moment is just like another. Like, oh, that's dumb. But I, I, I didn't have a terrible time. And if anyone did, I'm very happy that you had a great time with it. It just, I don't think like once you. I think once you get the bat past the surface of like is it an entertaining movie? It's just like nothing else is there. Like it's nothing else. It's nothing more than surface level entertainment, which is fine for most. And, and I, I get that, but it just wasn't all there. Do we have any more thoughts on transformers rise of the beasts? Do do. No. The last line of my letterbox review got a lot of, uh, a lot of people were hating on it. I just said Optimus prime is such a dweeb and <laughs> people were not happy about that. I thought he was, he was a dweeb. He, yes. Thank movie, you. He bro. was such a dweeb in this. And I he like, was such a, pussy in this movie yeah he was, he like, was. feeling thank you like fuck you people were like you have a lot of hot takes but this is by far your worst one ever optimus prime is like the goat and i'm like dude he was so such a people are very defensive about him as a character yeah and the thing is yeah. he was probably written his dialogue the exact same as every other transformers movie so maybe it's just the fact that this one came seventh as opposed to second that i'm criticizing it even more but like his actions were completely dweebish but in this like i just the one-liners he has and the whole, like, let them come stuff is just so, at this great. point, it's just so overdone. And that was great. It's like I it, will say, though, someone who never mails it in is Peter Cullen. Even if he's given the worst lines possible, he's given that Optimus Prime <laughs> performance, and I do respect him for that. Yeah, that is fair. The, we'll the, never get, like, once he passes, we'll never get a better Optimus Prime voice, like, ever. So, George, you give the movie a two- Two and a half. Two and a half. It'll probably go down. Yep. Two and a half. Seth, you give it a one point five. Um, no, I'll give it a one. I'll change it now. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, you give it a two and a half. I talked him into it. Yeah, two, yeah, two and a half for Cam, and which also might go down. And for me, I gave it a, a one point five, but it, it's it's got to go down. It has again. To I enjoy- if you liked it, you know what? I don't know about you guys. I'm looking at the people who. I follow who've rated it. There's a lot more positive than there is negative. Oh, that's 100%. why I was disappointed with it. I really thought I'd like it. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of three and a halves. Yeah, but... there is. Yeah, yeah, same for me. So if you liked it, I respect it. Yeah. No, totally. And that's the way I feel with every review. If I'm ever dogging on a movie you love, that's it's completely my opinion. And if you have fun with it, I'm over the moon for you. But for me, I think I'd rather watch Dark of the Moon than this. So this, by default, has to be a 0.5. Uh, that'll wrap up the Transformers Rise of the Beast. Cam, are we losing you at this point? All right. Yeah, Have a safe drive home back to Indiana nice land and uh, Bye, the rest Bye. of the boys Bye. will move on to uh, flame and hot. I was about to call it Frito-Lay um, flame and hot. Uh, it's the movie. <laughs> you, you, spoiler for what your take is on it. Um, so, so flame and hot is the inspiring true story. Big asterisk of Richard Montañez, the Frito-Lay janitor who channeled his Mexican-American heritage and upbringing to turn the iconic Flame and Hot Cheetos into a snack that disrupted the food industry and became a global pop culture phenomenon. So, which I wasn't aware of until Seth brought up uh, while I was watching it. He was like, "Oh, I didn't I, I guess this story's not even true." And then I googled it and then yeah, like 
he never like no one there's so many disputes on he did not invent the flaming hot cheeto with people within frito lay has said that's true there's been other external investigations that said that's true when they did a big investigation into it in like 2017 uh internally at frito lay like it did he invent it uh he retired from the company so i feel like i was kind of should tell you everything you need to know um but the thing is that is true he absolutely was a janitor at Frito-Lay that worked his way up to being an executive level marketing uh, worker at Frito-Lay in the executive suites. So like that's a very impressive feat in itself. So that's like Richard Montañez has a great pull up by your bootstraps, work your way up from the bottom story, but the flame and hot invention part seems to be a fabrication. So still very inspiring story of what he was able to do with his career, but in terms of what, you know, the movie's trying to be about, the flame and hot doesn't seem to be true. And for me when I went into this movie, I didn't really care for the invention of flame and hot before I even started this movie. And then when Seth enlightened me that this isn't even a true story, I was just completely out of it by that point. So I'll just quickly end up like, we're not going to go through spoilers. So whatever, like, cause there's nothing. Just, spoilers. Oh, spoilers. Spoiler. Flame flame. Yeah. You can buy flame and hot free delays. <laughs> and it's not even real. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, like it, this just felt like a very big, just like trying to be a feel good, biopic of a guy who's down on his luck you know society's got him beaten down and he's able to make his way to the top and succeed and for a movie aspect like there's some like lighthearted, cute moments like if we're just totally ignoring the fact that it's like not true just talking about the, the movie itself like you know it's a cool like idea having uh, a man and his family just trying to like be cooking every night after work trying to invent this new flavor blending up spices and and powders trying to figure it all out um but yeah, it's it, a lot of it felt corny. Like at its best, it was a very surface level biopic we've seen a hundred times. Very interesting debut by Eva Longoria, directorial debut, because this just wasn't that inspired. There was nothing interesting from a directorial standpoint. And the biggest thing that I think she did, which is just a complete like beginner newbie move, is just the and we talked about in the group chat, just so many voiceovers. The whole movie was just voiceovers. And I feel like that's such a it's such a debut like movie to have just all these voiceovers. It felt very novice, felt very trivial. I really am surprised at the big, the high reviews is getting. We're kind of both, we're reviewing two movies this week that like the consensus review, if you had to like take the average of what most people are saying, not just like the audience, but like critics, be like a three to 3.5. I'm just completely off on both of those. Um, but yeah, I, I literally have nothing more to say. For me, it's a 1.5 star, 3.4 out of 10. I didn't hate watching it. Like I watched it and just kind of like went in one ear, went out the other. I wasn't really engaged, but I wasn't necessarily being like, Oh my God, that's so bad. I need to turn it off. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a bad movie brought nothing new and it's not even a true story. So whatever, which one quick last comment before I turn it over to you guys. I, I think realism in movies is like overrated. Like I don't think you have to be super historically accurate in your movies or historically accurate in all at all. Like just cause I think as a filmmaker, you have the freedom to do whatever you want as long as you're not being like disrespectful to anything historically. But if the whole basis of your movie is saying this is a true story of how it was invented, that's where I have an issue. So I just want to say like, I, just in case my review sounds hypocritical where I'm like, it's not even true. So I'm rating it low. There's plenty of movies where like, if there's some battle, like, if, like a Dunkirk type movie, if a battle didn't go exactly like that and they embellish and stuff, I have zero problem with that. But if you're making a movie about a war and saying that like, this is a true story and say that like, America didn't win the Revolutionary War and we're still like a colony of England, like then it'd be like, what are you doing calling us a true story? Like, what are you doing here? Um, but I'll leave it there. 1.5 star for me. Just just dry, boring, not flaming hot. Uh, Seth, what were your thoughts on uh, this this 
masterpiece of corporate propaganda. Yeah, I, I fucking hated this one. I, it's um, I I completely agree with you. Where it's like I I think realism. Okay, nineteen seventeen, perfect example. There is a lot of stuff in that that isn't historically accurate, but I think you can give it a pass at certain times when they're not trying to present that. And it's just meant to be a, de- a depiction. But with 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 flaming hot, you know, if this had been a film where it was like some guy who worked his way from the bottom to the top, it wasn't represented by a true story or a real company. Whatever, it's a it's a service level film, feel good film. There's been how many of them before, whatever. But for me, this is just like an ego ego boosting ninety minute advertisement. It's it's a boost to sales executives trying to sell a false dream of the economic system. Um, say, you know, this is how you can do it, yada, yada, yada. And it really is just a, a walking advertising. I think it's, uh, for lack of a better term, absolute, just a load of shit. And I hated it. Um, I will say that as a film, I don't think it's necessarily awful. I think that Eva uh, Longoria, is that you say? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that she has, I guess, a style there i don't think it's the worst debut i've ever seen i just completely disagree with the fact it's represented as a base of a true story and it's a very much a painted rag story that sells a false dream and it really is an advertisement which again is fine because we get biopics a lot of biopics are really business advertisements they are but when it's based on something that isn't true and he's trying to be inspiring that's where i kind of take issue but it's like tyler said you know the real guy did kind of work his way from nothing. You know, maybe not invent it or whatever, but he did work his way from nothing. I'd have preferred just a film about that. Do you know what I mean? A film about him working his way from the top and an inspiring story where he got to a really high level and it's like, okay, great, cool. So maybe surface level, inspiring, um, happy-go-lucky, whatever. Guys goes from nothing to something. I like watching them. They're always fun. But I just I just don't agree with it. It's based on something that's completely painted and it, it just sells you something that isn't true. Um, but again... I, I get why the average person would kind of go into this and just watch it and be like, yeah, this was this was inspiring. This this is kind of feel good. And I do understand that. I just kind of, I don't know. I just it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way when films take this approach. But um, yeah, I give it a one, one out of five. Tough, tough side. I, uh, I'm not gonna harp on it too long because you guys basically echo everything, all, all my sentiments on this movie. I even watched this movie like during i was working from home on friday so i watched it in between the two tennis matches and sometimes when i work from home and i watch movies like i'll literally stop working because of how enthralled i am at the film i i was like half paying attention you you, you guys kind of said it best this just felt like an hour and a half advertisement for frito-lays and yeah. and the glories of working in corporate america and I don't know. None, none of it like made me feel like uplifted. None of it made me feel, uh, you know, anything. I, I it just felt like a very dull hour and a half um, painting this rags to riches stories that I end up finding out isn't even like true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I went with a two out of five. I, I just I didn't love it. I'm not gonna harp on it too long. Everything you guys say, I completely agree with. Yeah, it's a, the scene especially is going to be a big time, like, corporate's going to show off to their employees, and they're like, 
look, this one guy paid attention to my corporate video mm-hmm. from the CEO. That's like, what I mean. Like, yeah, you see, you got to pay attention to these. If you send me good suggestions, like maybe you can be the one who will get rise to the top. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> rough movie. We can end it there. Like it, it's. It seems like a yeah. Similar to what Seth wanted to say as a caveat for Transformers: Rise of the Beast, I'll say here. It seems like a lot of people are enjoying this and getting a kick out of it, and uh, it's definitely something you could easily throw on with like the family or something and have like a a fine watch through. So I don't want to rain on everyone's parade. And it, it definitely like, it's weird that all three of us like really didn't like this. Cause like we said, like it is getting pretty much like a three, 3.5 across the board for the most part. So yeah. all three of us were, were much lower on it, but don't take our word as, as the Bible here. It's, it's on Hulu and Disney plus, And also I think in theaters too. So you have, if you want to see this, you have really every option in the world to go and watch it. Yeah. Go and see it in IMAX. Yeah. Go. Golden. Go and see, go and see yeah. it in four DX, and you'll leave with like Cheeto, Cheeto powdered cover fingers or something. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll end the reviews there. Um, if you enjoy this episode so far, watching on Spotify or or listening to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you just give us a five star review if you haven't already. It would really help us out a lot. Follow the podcast as well on there. Just keep helping us try and climb up those charts. And uh, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and hit that like button. And we will move just, on. Just yeah, go ahead. Just to point out on Flaming Heart. I, I will say, and I didn't mention this, it was clearly quite a good advertisement because I saw a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos on Friday evening and I bought it and you know, they were really <laughs> nice. So. nice. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but does that make the movie better or worse? Uh, worse, because it really is an advertisement because it worked exactly. on me. So, yeah, I guess maybe I should lower it to a half star, man. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, we will move on to... Without Cam, we'll have to go, hey, 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 it's trailer time. George did it last week. Yeah, we're, we're kind of rotating without Cam while he's yeah, in we'll, wedding we'll season. I'm, I'm Seth, you got to prepare for next week if Cam's not right. here and he's at that family wedding. Um, we got a lot of trailers this week. Some we'll talk about uh, quite a bit. Some we'll just kind of breeze over. But first, we got Poor Things. Um, that's definitely the trailer that got shared around social media the most. Got a lot of buzz. Um, looks stylistic. Looks awesome. Emma, Emma Stone's going to be incredible in this. Willem Dafoe looks just insane so this weird. movie yeah um yeah seth i'll kick it over to you what are your thoughts on this poor things trailer yeah so i mean i'm just incredibly excited for this and more than that man this poster is just so good this poster is oh man when i saw that, it was just that so poster happy. was crazy it's it's crazy i loved it just, just i showed out i showed Anna, and she was like what the fuck she just like that's <laughs> exactly what i want from it um i think so i'm really excited from this the aesthetic the, the, the cast the I'm actually not that familiar with Yorgos's work anywhere. I've only seen. I was I was stalking your letterbox. I saw you had logged pretty much yeah, like any of his films. Yeah, I've only seen um, Killing the Sacred Deer, which I did really like. I haven't seen The Favorite. How have you seen. not seen The Favorite? Isn't that Olivia Coleman's Oscar-winning yeah, movie? Yeah, Olivia. I don't. That's yeah, your I'm girl, not. dude. Yeah, it is. And I and I think he's done another one, uh, Dog Tooth. I think it's called. And then obviously uh, the Lobster. Again, Colin Farrell, who I love, I haven't seen that either. I don't know why. Um, I feel like I'd, I really liked Killing the Sacred Deer, so I'll definitely get around to watching those first. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for this, definitely. George, any thoughts on the the Poor Things trailer other than that, other than that it looks metal? Yeah, I mean, it looks metal. That's an interesting way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard someone say that in so long. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, it looks metal as fuck. Uh, it looks it looks really uh, it looks really twisted. It looks very interesting. Um, I, I think Willem Dafoe and Emma Stone is just such an interesting pairing. Um, yeah. So I'm very curious to see how they like line up in a movie together. Um, and you, your best actors in George, Mr. Ruffalo, Mr. Oh, Ruffalo. Yeah, I think I hate him more than George, but yeah, I'm 
Oh really? I thought I uh, I don't. I think mean, everyone just hates it. <laughs> no, no, I think George, we're in the major minority, dude. <laughs> Are we really? Yes. I don't mind him, honestly. Whatever. Right. Anyways, yeah, it, it looks metal as fuck. I'm gonna leave it there because I really like the way I, that, that little word. <laughs> Uh, a lot of a lot of vibes to Barbie in the trailer, you know, very similar-ish movies. That'll be complete. Well, they're both. I, w- I was gonna say completely stylistically different, but they're both gonna be oozing with style, very different yeah, styles. They're but... both like fish out of water kind of movies, right? Mm-hmm. So. George, I'm gonna ping pong it back to you for bottoms because I know you're a big Rachel Sennott uh, girl. Yeah. Um, or guy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, sorry. <Girl. laughs> you're a big Rachel Sennott guy. I'm, I'm um, cool with whatever. Let's uh, uh yeah, let's let's see. Yeah, this shit looks hilarious. Uh, I think Rachel Sennott just like nails that Gen Z humor better than anyone She's acting. Good. Right now, I think it's hysterical. Me and Victoria just watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies again like two nights ago, and she had me rolling. Her little one-liners of like. I have body dysmorphia or like you're silencing me or her whole rant on a podcast. I was fucking crying, man. Um, I, I'm very curious for this movie only because I know Gen Z humor is very hit or miss for me. I think it hit like crazy in bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, so I'm very curious to see how bottoms pulls it off. I'm also curious to see Marshawn Lynch in this movie. I have no idea he was in this movie. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. It's kind of weird. He's a, he's a hilarious guy. If you've ever seen stuff that he's been in, like he's been I in a couple it. TV shows. He's hilarious. And he's always a character on the sidelines. Whenever they'd mic him up, like he was just a funny ass dude. Yeah, so I, I'm really excited for this. I, I really am. Have you guys seen uh, Shiva, ba- Shiva Baby yet? The no. one? I still Man, I watched that recently. Obviously, that was Emma. What's the name of the director? Um, uh, Seligman. Seligman? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, that was her debut. Um, she, uh, she, she, Shiver Baby. That was so good. It's like 70 minutes long. It's like a female uncut gems almost. It's utter Ooh. chaos in every way. It's, it's anxiety inducing. It's clever. It's funny. Rachel Sonata in that is just, she's so good. Um, and when I watched that, I, was, I looked and I, I saw that uh, Bottoms was coming out this year, which obviously from the same director. Which which really really excites me. And I think it's opened up to to really really great reviews so far. Um, so yeah, really really excited for that. I, I think you both would really enjoy Shiver Baby. I, I think you'd both really like, especially George, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I think you should watch it with Victoria, George. I think like it's another one really that's like been it. on my watch list. Like the same thing with like Itumama Tapiat. Like it's just been on my watch list forever. And every time I go to like pick a movie at night, I'm like, let me just watch it. Let me just watch it. And I just always. It's very short. It's like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, right? it's like an hour yeah. and twenty, right, or something like it's, that. It's like even less. It's like yeah. an hour, an hour ten, or something like that. It's crazy, bro. Yeah, I, I should. I definitely want to. Moving on, uh, Insidious: The Red Door had another trailer release. Maybe it was the first trailer. Mm. Um, yeah. So I know Seth, you just rewatched the original Insidious last week with Alex. Um, how? Because I've never seen an Insidious movie. Never seen a nun. No, none is Conjuring universe. Never seen an Insidious movie. It, are are we excited for this universe to keep expanding or no? Um, yeah, I so obviously the last one that came out was uh, the last key, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. which yeah, I I I didn't really like. I didn't like the third Insidious. I didn't really like the second one. I haven't really liked Insidious films since so this the first. Is the fifth? This yeah. is the fifth. Jeez. Yeah, uh, so the first came out in what 2010. I it's obviously Patrick Wilson is directing this one. Um. I That's believe the only reason I'm kind of excited. Yeah. Because he actually like passion genuinely project. cares. Yeah. He, he he it's a passion project. He genuinely cares about this franchise. I believe um it is his debut and obviously James Wan is still 
um, producing. I I watch it like I always watch these films. Like if a new Conjuring, if a new Insidious film comes out, even regardless of how bad I think the last couple have been, I'll still watch it because it's a horror, it's a mainstream horror, whatever. I can't say I'm really excited for it, given the consistency, especially the last two, in my opinion. Um, but I'll still watch it because Patrick Wilson's there at all. Maybe you know it might be something different. And yeah, I'll definitely watch it. But I'm not I'm not crazy excited anyway. All right, and then we had our, our so 2015 brought us Fan Four Stick, 2023 brought us Mathrigan, and now we have Expendables. The the most disappointing. <laughs> Mathrigan. And the most disappointing thing about X Pen Four Bowls for me is the fact that it's just gonna I mean it's I have to watch the first three now and that's the part that's no, really you don't. Me no, out. you don't. You don't. I, I've seen the first I, one a long time I hate, ago. I, when did this become a thing where people just need to watch every movie in a franchise before the latest one comes? I feel like no one ever did that. But this year for Scream, for Transformers, everyone's just been doing this left and right. Mission impossible. Except me. Now. Yeah, I don't I'm know. gonna have to do it for Mission Impossible. We're all gonna have to do it for yeah, Mission Impossible. Mission, I mean, that's good, to be yeah. fair, that's a good franchise, and like Scream's a good franchise too. So like those are worth it. Whereas Transformers, like people watching all that before and getting to like the Age of Extinction last night, like what are you yeah. doing? Expendables. I'm not like, watching all the Expendables, so I've seen the first. Yeah, one, yeah, so there's no way I'm yeah. watching all the Expendables. I've seen Expendables one, and I've seen the A Team, and if I had to tell you about both of them, I feel like I would just mix the two stories together. I have no clue. The di- I'm pretty sure like half the actors are the same. <laughs> the same pretty sure thing, the plots bro. like the same. The same thing. Yeah. Dude, I saw that trailer and like the text came up and I was like, did they make this on iMovie or something? Was this like a college fucking project? It really is as well. Truly ridiculous. But we also had our first like a Bird Box Barcelona, which we we touched on a little bit when it was in the news a couple weeks ago. But uh, we got our kind of first look at it through a trailer. For me, I... I liked Bird Box. I didn't like the ending. We talked about this last time. Um, I really didn't like the ending, but... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't fully engaged the entire time during the movie. So I'll, I'll definitely be watching Bird Box Barcelona, but I can't say I'm like amped for it. I mean, are both you in the same camp? Or are you less or more excited? Probably less. I didn't like the first one, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I'll watch it. But I, it's got a past, hasn't it? I think um, Diego Calva's in it. Yeah, it's like a completely um, yeah, it's completely different than the original uh, Bird Box. Georgina Campbell, yeah. I think, from uh, Barbarian, who I did like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. Not very excited for this, but I'll, I'll probably watch it. But yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? And then George, are you a Witcher watcher? I am a Witcher watcher. A Witcher watcher. A Witcher watcher. Season three. Yes, are you? I am, you am. Yeah. It's so, so. I think a lot of people are confused uh, that Henry Cavill. It's, it's been like two last... years, right? It's yeah, been like two years, I feel like, since they said he's no longer going to be in it. Not two years, probably like a year. No, because season two came out, like, what, a year ago, maybe? Or a year, a little over a year ago. And then once season two wrapped, they had filmed season three. And, and then when they, they wrapped filming season three, that's when all gotcha. of, like, the DC... Because we, we covered it. Came out. Yeah, we, we covered like the this. the start of Real Talk. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we covered this. September or something. Yeah, probably at the beginning of Real Talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, yeah, but it's, like, it's understandable confusion. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be his last season as The Witcher, which I think is really sad because I think he's fucking perfect for this role. Um, I like The Witcher a ton. I know it's not, like the best critically reviewed uh, TV show, but like, when do we ever listen to the critics? Like, I know I love it. I know Sydney watches it and loves it. Um, so I don't I, like I, it. That's yeah, three people. Three people right there. So I, 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 I'm really excited for season three. I'm very curious. The one thing going into season three is 
like how are they going to end it where it's like going to feel seamless in season four that Henry Cavill's not coming back. Um, Cause there is like so much magic in this universe. There's so many possibilities where it's like, okay, maybe his face like deformed and now he turned into Liam Hemsworth or something. Do you think or they do though? Or do you think they I don't just know. Do I, th- I think they're just going to just God. insert a new actor and be like, it's carry on this go story. along with this shit now. Uh, I feel like I want to watch it, man. Like, it's, it's I like really think you would season. like it. Honestly. I think it'd be upset, Sal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for season three. I really am. Yeah, I, I watched like the first half of the first season. It's just, it's just not for me. But I, we all know on the podcast, I'm like less of like a fan of like the fantasy, like Lord of the yeah. Rings, all that kind of stuff, fantasy world stuff than than you guys. So it makes sense. I, and I think it would be right upset, Sal. It just wasn't quite for me. Yeah. Um, Last three, we'll just kind of quickly glance over. So we got a trailer for Twisted Metal, which is a Peacock series starring Anthony Mackie and Will Arnett. Just a weird, Bro, weird trailer, man. I have no clue. So I'm not going to watch it, mainly because it's a series. If it's a movie, probably going to watch it. Let's be honest. It's a 2023 review, movie review guy. But it's a series. I'm not going to watch it. didn't pull my attention, but I don't know. It just looked weird. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that, but it just looked bizarre. I saw so much on Twitter about it. It just looks bizarre, that that that, that video. I, I didn't understand at all. It looks really weird. Who knows, man? Yeah. Did you guys ever watch Willy's Wonderland? No. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I watched it recently. Yeah, that that that's the vibe of this fucking trailer. Thing Willy's Wonderland was such a weird film, man. It was like I kind of liked it. It was. So I knew odd. you would. I, it I was just so like it. stupid, like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was a Nicolas Cage kind of. Yeah, thing, literally, probably. that's all it was. It was Nicolas Cage. I know what you mean. It's very similar vibes. I get that as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I couldn't have asked for a better transition for my two co-hosts here because we had a trailer for Sympathy for the Devil starring Nicolas Cage and Joel Kinnaman, and it comes out in July. And the main reason I added this in the rundown because I don't know if anyone really cares about this movie, but this so Nicolas Cage, when he had uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and he had Pig the year before, it was kind of like his renaissance. And then he had The Old Way, which is his Western in January that really flopped. And he's just really like we. Everyone thought he had the Renaissance coming. It was going to be Nicolas Cage 2.0. We're going to get great movies, and then he kind of immediately went back into mediocre work. And the fact that we're just kind of first hearing about this movie like a month before it's releasing, I feel like is never that great of a sign. And I just have a feeling this is going to be another dud from Nick Cage. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. He he did have like a peak of of like that string of movies between like Pig and uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent where everyone was like, oh, maybe Nick Cage is a capable and competent actor. But also in Pig, he didn't talk very much. He just had to be like this brute man. And then in The Unbearable Way to Massive Town, he just played Nick Cage, yeah. which obviously I hope he's fucking good at doing that. Oh, uh, but yeah, I still haven't seen Renfield, but the trailer to Sympathy for a Devil was just... He was the he was like the only thing that I actually enjoyed watching Renfield, so I guess you can take that away. Well. Which is interesting, because like I just... That was the I, one thing that turned me off in those. No, trailers. I like Nick Cage though. I seeing Nick Cage as Dracula, like it just didn't make sense to me. I like Nick Cage. I just it has a unique charm. I enjoy watching. Uh, I guess. Is this it a would... remake? This film? Uh, yeah, it was like nineteen sixty-eight. Was the original maybe? Yeah, because I'm sure that there's. Like, a... I might be wrong. I may have misread that or something. I'm sure there's a film that's called Sympathy of the Devil. I might have seen. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe two films could be sold the same thing, obviously. But yeah, uh, it, it it looks um. Fine, I'll watch it. It's Nick Cage. Although I'm not watching that one that you watched, uh, Tyler. That Western, the old that way. Dreadful. Yeah, yeah. No interest in watching that at all. Definitely. 
<laughs> then we had uh, the second trailer for Talk to Me, which uh, for those of you of the name recognition isn't there. It's the one with the infamous hand snapping backwards for the A24 logo. Um, we got our second trailer. Uh, I mean, it's a horror movie, so I'm probably going to either reluctantly watch it or not watch it. But since it's A24 and has so much hype, I'll probably force myself to see it. But for me, like, I kind of have a weird take on the second trailer. It seemed, like, I thought the first one looked so unique metal. and bizarre. Yeah, metal, exactly. This one looked more like stuff I feel like we've seen before in horror. Like, I feel like it, it had me less excited, the second trailer, for some reason. And I don't know if that's just probably just a me thing, but some reason I saw the second trailer, I was it's like, not. oh, this isn't the mind-blowing thing I thought this was going to be. I don't well, I want know to know why. George's opinion here, because I'm the same as you, Tyler, I think. My, no, my anticipation I, went down a little bit. On I'm very excited for this movie, but I do agree it went down after the second trailer. But I just, I love the supernatural horror and like these fucked up, the fucked up imagery that it looks like. Yeah, my problem is like you have this low budget horror movie. Why do you need two trailers? Like you just don't. Yeah. Like you showed us everything we needed to see in the first trailer. Just market the shit out of that trailer and move on like don't give us anything more like this is already an hour and 40 minute movie like we don't need more trailers to ruin what is with with horror a lot of the time especially with the first trailer like ambiguity is 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 the best way you can go really isn't it not showing too much and just being secretive about it i think like it may have done better that way interestingly enough we actually i get this at the same time as you guys which is like probably the first ever for an a24 film especially an a24 horror yeah Um, was it 20 8th of July, something like this. Yeah. I'm still mm-hmm. excited for it, like George said, but I'm not like... It has dampened a little bit through a second trailer, and I think I would have been much more excited if they just left it and just marked it, like George said, marked it with the first, marked it with the, the poster. Especially the poster, because the poster's fucking like, mm-hmm. really good as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'll still watch it, obviously. Fucking A24 logo, though, mm-hmm. with the hat, man. That is just so good. Yeah, that's cool. I do like that. Yeah, the big thing for me is I just think the first trailer looks so, like, unique, experimental, and kind of kept everything close to the vest and then that on top of being a 24 you're like oh we're in for a ride here and then the second trailer just made it seem a lot more like a horror movie which is fine and it still looks very interesting but i just don't think i'm going in now expecting a game-changing different bizarre anything that we haven't seen before but it still looks like it's very solid i just think i think it's opened quite well on um early reviews on yeah i think a lot of people were saying it's the scariest a 24 movie yet which uh a24 is a unique style of horror. I don't so. know if there's any scary. That's what the, the, the ones I've yeah. Uh, the witch I actually find the yeah, witch, the is, witch is frightening. Season. The lighthouse isn't scary per no, se. It's but just no, uncomfortable. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hereditary. Yeah. Probably the yeah, witch. And then Midsummer or Midsummer. I don't know. If that's scary. That's more like the yeah. Lighthouse. It's not scary. Again, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of saying. Like, how if it's scary as A24 movie yet, yeah, but they have. a different style of like horror that's not necessarily yeah. scary so have you guys seen the have you seen green room yeah I, uh, green room's like that's like an, it's anxiety fueled it's yeah like, it's exactly like it's not jump scare scary but it's just like damn this is like really stressing i, I, I think tyler out. would like that because it's like it's very much just panicky thriller yeah. i really liked green room i thought green room was great i really enjoyed green room I'll get patrick stewart in that george is so good yeah disgusting patrick stewart in that is so good yeah, I'm not like actively engaged in trying to do it each and every week, but eventually it's just a, it's going to happen. I'm going to watch every A24 film. That's just like a slow trajectory I'm heading towards. But how many is there? Probably like 150 at this yeah. point, honestly. Yeah, a lot. I'm not But yeah, it's uh, we'll move on to movie news now. We got quite a lot, but a lot of this I'm just going to like say right off the bat, and then if you want to talk about it more, we'll we'll get into it. But there's definitely a bunch of stuff in here that I'll I'll ask for opinions on because there's a lot of stuff to talk about here. But the first one. 
the Screen Actors Guild voted 97.91% in favor for a strike. Um, so we still have the Writers Guild of America that's on strike. Now the SAG is on strike. And the Directors Guild of America, on the other hand, seems to have struck a deal with streamers. So there's a lot of like funny poking fun back and forth on Twitter of it being like SAG and WGA are like fighting for good good rights and get better pay and all that where the, the directors are like, oh, we're all good. Like directors seem to have reached a deal. So interesting that the, the actors and the writers of the world are going to be striking, whereas the directors seems to somehow have gotten the streamers to cut them in on better paychecks. So it's really weird how it's all working politics wise, but something to monitor because who knows guys, the real talk podcast in 2024, 2025, we might be like having to just watch 1990 movies or something. And I was, I was going to say, what is, what is this going to do next year to movies? Like, are we about to see a year as like lackluster as like the pandemic year where everything just got delayed like crazy? I hope so. Cause then we can just do like could do old a lot films of... every week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure Cam really will love that. <laughs> uh, um, this is an interesting bit of news that I, I didn't love, but the Re- Rebel Moon is going to receive two cuts, one for families, one for adults. George is a resident Zack Snyder super fan. This seems I like am. one of the most un-Zack Snyder moves there is. I I don't know. Like, I'm going to defend this movie and Zack Snyder to the day I die, but yeah, this is just too interesting. Because Because on one hand, I'm like, okay, how like how r-rated is the actual cut of this movie that he wants to like make like a friendly version for kids and uh families or on the other hand i'm like how much did this film fucking cost where he needs to make a family friendly version to attempt to break even because maybe the r-rated version wouldn't get it there is this a connect to 20th no, it was an originally he he had originally pitched this story uh, to St- Lucasfilm and yeah. Disney as a Star Wars film, and they basically oh, so it's not like it. I thought it was a DC DC. No, 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 no. This oh, is okay. it's brand new IP. Oh, which is sick. Between oh, Rebel Mood and the creator, cool. we're getting a lot of science fiction art and new IP, which is hype. Yeah, like George said, this was supposed to be like within the Star Wars universe, but Star Wars didn't buy it. So he kind of just yeah. said like, well, I'm going to keep keep moving with it. And uh, yeah, George, that's a very interesting point. Like, is there two cuts because they need to make their money back and can't afford to cut out the viewers? Like maybe Oppenheimer was able to say like, hey, we're, we're able to cut out the younger viewers. Yeah. Or is it because it's so gruesome and bad? The only movie I can think of off the top of my head that has two cuts, one for families and one for adults, is The Passion of the Christ, which has like a PG version yeah. and an R version. But other than that, I just can't think of... Know. Yeah, and I think there's a Netflix movie, right? So maybe it's yeah, it's oh, just interesting. Straight to Netflix. Uh, the I think it's gonna have is... a limited theatrical release. Though. Yeah, but probably. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. But wait, aren't Netflix not doing any of their films theatrically anymore? I think what the, I think, including myself, I misinterpreted that to be that they're never gonna do it anymore because. I think what it is is like, you know, Glass Onion was like worldwide. Pretty much every state yeah. had it. Every country pretty much had it. You could see it for a few weeks. They're not going to do that anymore. But I think one of the Oscars rules is you have to have somewhat of a theatrical release in like L.A. and New York in order uh, to be it. So I think what they're going to do is have like what A24 does with a lot of their movies, like have the limited release, but then just never do the wide expansion after that. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a Zack Snyder movie will get a lot of love at the Oscars. This I mean, year, if they bring back the fan favorite award, you already know this one. No, playing. you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> if they bring that one back. The, uh, the budget is around the shit out of that again. <laughs> the budget is around one six six. Is that high for Snyder or is that that would be like lower than expected? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know when he re released the Snyder cut he added like another seventy million already on top of like a two hundred million budget or something that he had used. 
Um, Army of the Dead, I'm sure, had a pretty high budget. Is that the one with Batista? I haven't seen that. That's a and good movie. Seth, I think you I was, would genuinely I was like that movie. I went about that yesterday. He yeah, he watched it. it. He, <laughs> he, he said he likes it. Yeah, he gave it like a three stars, which I'm like, which Owen's. is like a five. Yeah, which is like a five for an Owen rating scale. Um, Owen's also a big Snyder guy, though. Yeah, he is surprisingly. I I actually kind of want to watch Snyder's work because I have seen two films he's done, which are Three Hundred and Dawn of the Dead. I really like Dawn of the Dead, and I do like Three. I don't love Three Hundred, but I do like it. So I feel like I should watch his films. But I haven't even seen Watchmen, for example, which apparently is really good. Watchmen is good. Yeah. I watched Watchmen the other night, man. Watchmen yeah, I saw so that. Good. So I probably will get into them. Oh, he, oh no, he did the Owl Legend of the Guardians with the owls. Interesting. Any of you guys seen that? No, haven't even heard of it. It's okay. okay. Yeah, it's, it's a very okay. weird film. <laughs> But yeah, I'll, I'll watch them soon because I'm quite intrigued now. When does that come out? Is it this year? It's like December. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. If, I don't know. I think oh. it's like literally like a Christmas release, basically. Um, Interesting. But yeah, sticking with Netflix news, so Jenna Ortega is confirmed to be a producer on Wednesday season two, and she says it'll be less of a romance, like the first one with the romantic love interest, and more dark and more horror compared to season one. I think it's cool. I think it's always awesome if a person working on a film as an actor is able to get a producing credit and get their get their hands in the pie and help make it and help shape it, especially since she's definitely pretty passionate about the Adams family and Wednesday and this whole series. So I think it'd be cool. Um, did any of us watch the first season? George, I did. George. So I liked it. Did, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Or does it, does ditching the love interest and going more dark sound like something that's going to be um, exciting for season two? I don't know. That That's the thing with the Adams family. Typically I'm all for going as dark as possible. Um, but like the Adams family has always just been a quirky story. Um, so I'm curious how it's going to play out if they do decide to go the dark route. Um, I think it'd be like dark with like comedic aspects. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I doubt they're going to go like dark, dark, but like, no, yeah. 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 Um, uh, but I also do enjoy her love interest in season one, assuming that that would be the same love interest that carries over to season two. We have a couple new TV shows that reviews are in. Uh, we haven't watched any of them, but just to, for the viewers at home, if you were thinking of watching them, The Idol has received horrible critics reviews, but I will say, I guess if I'm going to say something nice about The Idol, it's given mixed audience reviews. I wouldn't say the audience seems to be hating it. I'd say it's just kind of mixed, um, but it's a major step down in viewership for HBO from Succession and Barry that were each carrying two to, two to 2.5 million per week. This one got uh, under a million views for the pilot episode. Like 900K. Yeah, know. 900K. So, it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be one that's great. Uh, the weekend's performance specifically is being just dragged as one of the worst of all time. Um, Good Lord. Yeah, so not not doing great. The uh, worst of all time. And that's then, so harsh. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. literally what people are saying. And then we have... Uh, I, know, I, just, I just that's crazy harsh thing to say. Yeah. The worst of all time. Tom Holland's uh, new show, The Crowded Room, which also stars uh, Amanda Seyfried and Sasha Lane, came out on Apple TV Plus. The first three episodes receiving horrible critic reviews, like basically just as low as The Idol. It's like an 18% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes at one point for the critics. Um, the, the the audience seems to be liking a lot more than The Idol, though. Um, but Tom Holland, do we, is he a good actor? I saw you know infamous yeah, Blu-ray he's a, Angel he's a... tweet saying, we are so lucky to have Tom Holland in this genera- generation. He's one of the best of all time. Wild. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's let's great. just get that out there. But yeah. I, I actually, I know Cam like, really likes him. But I I think he's a he's a he's a perfectly fine, if not a good actor. I do think he's a good actor. I just think he just picks uh, up shitty scripts. The, the projects aren't don't allow him to showcase his acting yeah. ability. I don't think he's like 
I don't think you can say is the best of the one of the best of the generation. Or at least, well, not that we've seen anyway. We haven't seen enough from him in terms of interesting projects to to, to allow that you know statement yet. I wouldn't say. You know, yeah, right. I, mean, I, think I think he's good. I think he plays a great Spider-Man. He hits the comedic or the dramatic elements really well in those. I think some people don't give him enough, um, like blame for like the movies he's in though, because everyone says like, oh, he needs to fire his agent. It's like at some point though, as an actor, you got to be like, you got it's read, not yeah, yeah. like it's not just your agent says, here's your new movie, you're going to do it, go shoot it. Like no matter, like you have an input, especially when you're at Tom Holland's level and you're a, an actor that's notorious. That you're playing Spider-Man. Like you're not just getting scripts handed to you where it's like you have to do this you have no other choice you're not going to feed your family like he needs to be a little better at himself you know reading and sifting through scripts because it seems I, like I also everything's a miss because he's he is spider-man <clears throat> people are always going to hold him to a high regard and people are it's going to be hard for him to get roles that are interesting without people referring to him as spider-man i thought he was good in um i didn't think the film was amazing but the devil all the time mm-hmm. and Netflix original i think you watched it george didn't you yeah. i thought he was pretty good in that uh with robert Pattinson. i thought they had a quite a good juror there and i thought that was a even though i didn't love the film i think he, i'd like him to pick up more projects like that you know really interesting ideas um because i want to see him showcase that ability outside of a franchise setting um but yeah i, I think he's good I, I think he just needs to get better projects really as well yeah and i will say that people have been saying that his performance in the show is a shining light it is quite good and uh, it's one of those, it's a dark show, it's a grim show, and he plays a grim character, so he said he's taking a year off of acting as a break to kind of decompress. And I think that's partially because the role is probably intense and partially just because he's, you know, he did Uncharted, he's done all of the Marvel, he's done quite a lot of other projects as well. Yeah, he's so, done some bad films, I've just thought about this shit. Like, yeah, like, uh, what is it? The, what, there's no one with, like, chaos Cherry walking. in it. Isn't there chaos something with Cherry walking. in the chaos word? Walking. Something like that, the Russo Brothers film, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Cherry. Yeah, Cherry. Uh, not great. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, though, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse and Mickey 17 are both going to be releasing on March 29, 2024. So, you know, the Barbie opera wow. double feature. We also have this is going to be an absolute must-see double feature with Beyond the will it get Will it get released by then, though? That's yeah, the will question. it? That's the big question. I think we're no, all... I think everyone's... I think, I think a lot of Beyond the Spider-Verse is probably made. Like, it says, like, Haley Steinfeld didn't voice her lines yet, but... So that's concerning. I don't know... I'm not an animation expert. I don't know if that's like the last thing you do. Yeah, or... I don't really know the time frames as much as I do with 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 live action. But I just that it seems very quick. I know sequels usually do. I know most is probably made, but I don't know March. Yeah, seems. I see a pushback. Seems quick. It's if they, if they if they do it and they nail it, that'll be incredible. But and they, yeah, it's great as well. That'd be insane. But, but um, one, I, but the, the other movie, the double feature, Mickey Seventeen, I don't think we need to be worried about because they already had a test screening this past week. Yeah, and yeah. It got very good reviews. So that one seems like March 29, 2024 is going to absolutely happen. But beyond the Spider Verse, very excited for that. We don't know. But that double feature walked, so this double feature could run. Fast <laughs> X Part Two and the live action Minecraft movie are both released on <laughs> April fourth, twenty twenty five. Um, is that the one with Jason Momoa in it? In Minecraft film, I think he is. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, because yeah, he's, he's in both. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Jason Momoa is just just picking up side quests. Yeah, right now. yeah that's going to be just a massive day for his wallet, <laughs> and probably a bad day for his average critical reception of movies he's in. I don't think he counts. <laughs> no, he doesn't, and that's like yeah. why he's so great in the Fast X movie because he doesn't care. He's not trying to be a Vin Diesel where he's like taking it so seriously. He's having fun. Um, yeah. Apple announces their new Apple Vision Pro, which is $3,499. And the only reason I'm including this in movie news is because Disney kind of did a promo with it and showed the, all the cool things they're hoping to do with it for immersive film experiences that look cool. And then also when they're doing the advertisement showing off the Apple Vision Pro, they showed a sneak peek of Napoleon. So clearly... Yeah, it's such a weird way to... Right. It's such a weird film to choose, but... Time. 
but the cool thing at least is like because I, I feel like it's going to be a gimmick for the most part like it's not like it's kind of like vr video games now where it's like yeah you can do some immersive fun stuff but it's still not like incredible but it seems like from their promotion they're very movie forward with it so i'm excited to see what's going to come like i'm not going to buy one but if it ends up being like yeah, awesome I'm not showing out three grand on that straight away that's crazy yeah maybe i can make my money back if they said like you buy it for 3499 and they and you get every streaming service free then maybe i will but <laughs> every film yeah, ever that, yeah that'll that'll be the day. <laughs> yeah but i'm sure like if, if i find out a buddy of mine has it and like i'm just gonna be like yo can i just come watch like avatar the way of water for three hours and go and sit in your swimming pool while watching it and just being the most immersive experience of my life <laughs> and <laughs> then die because you think you can breathe underwater yeah. <laughs> uh um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling's Ocean's Eleven prequel movie is billed to be an old-fashioned epic love story adventure set during a heist on a yacht at the 1962 Monaco Grand Prix. Um, the Ocean's movies have been very hit or miss. But Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, I very much enjoy. And this premise sounds cool, like a heist on a yacht at the Grand Prix in 1962, that time period, like the 60s, I feel like is one of the least represented, like 50s, 60s in terms of cinema. I feel like we get so many 70s and 80s. Uh, movies but the 60s they'll be fun and then the grand prix that sounds fun um i don't know like oceans have been mixed i really enjoyed the first one don't really like love any of the rest but i think yeah i like the first one i don't know i'm in for it she's doing so many films so many projects at the minute isn't she she's like yeah Yeah. Uh, it sounds interesting though i agree with you it sounds an interesting concept um with those two margot robbie and ryan gossip's chemistry and barbie i really am yeah, if that's the I, one thing that I'm not sold on with these trailers. I would like agree. Yeah, their camaraderie, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like their chemistry is just not. I don't know. It just seems so awkward, and maybe that's like the that, way. That, I think that might be intentional. Yeah, though, maybe that's, that's what they're the going for because like they're yeah. not like actually like like dating or anything right. in the movie. Like these characters are just random to each other. Uh, but yeah, it's just the one part of this movie where I'm not sold on. We have a, a casting or a cast announced for Zach Krager's next sci-fi film, Companion, and that is uh, Jack Quaid, Lucas Gage, Megan Suri, and Harvey Gillen. And the only reason I thought this was interesting is just because, like, we have the cast finally announced, and this was the film that we talked about a couple of months ago where it said, like, Jordan Peele, like, fired his agent immediately when he lost the billing bidding for this, and he was furious that he wasn't able to get oh, the script. Oh, this film. So this, oh, is okay. the, this is that one that uh, Zach Krager was able to land, so... I'm interested to see it. Like the cast, I like Lucas Gage. I like Jack Quaid. Um, and I'm just interested to see what this movie is that Jordan Peele is so furious about that he wasn't able to get. Um, but yeah. And Lucas then, Gage is your friend now, isn't he? To be fair. Yeah, basically. You you know, know and he, he's like best friends with Kim Kardashian. So basically by proxy, I'm like, proxy. I'm basically a Kardashian, which is <laughs> big, big news I, for the brand. I still haven't watched House of House Pipeline. I really want to see that. I think you'd I, like I really it. It's, it's, uh, I, I do. Very much like a good time, like uncut gems, like, you know, uh, uncomfortable pacing where you're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, Interesting. Just going through some more casting news. Ryan Reynolds and Kenneth Branagh have been cast in Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly's action adventure film Mayday for Apple TV+. Plus. This sounds like an absolute stinker to me. Maybe it's hearsay, but Ryan Reynolds is, you know, love him or hate him. He's in very a lot of hit or miss movies, and I, I'm lower on Kenneth Branagh than a lot of people. Um, especially as an actor, I don't know. Like, I, it's Apple TV Plus. It's called Mayday. I don't even have, have you, to know. Anything have you not it. seen him in Harry Potter's Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> what, do, what do you mean, bro? He's the shining the minister of dark arts, right? 
He's so <laughs> funny in that film. Man. He is. Yeah. He is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know what you mean, though. I, yeah, this sounds not great, let's be honest. But yeah. who knows? Um, and then we got Hugh Grant, who is in Toxic Star and Beckon Woods' next horror movie, Heretic, or Heretic, for A24. And the film follows two missionaries that attempt to convert a dangerous yeah. man. Um, has Hugh Grant done any horror before? I feel like that's very... Yeah, I was thinking that. Not, not, not like He's more of a, either family movie or a rom-com, rom-com. kind of guy. So. yeah. Um, interesting. I don't know. Beck and Woods. They've. I feel like I've heard their names. I can't think of top of my head of the movies they've made. I feel like they have done some stuff. What's it called? This film. Heretic. Heretic. Beck and Woods. For some reason I think they did sixty five, which is worrying. Oh, they did sixty five. Oh, Big Scott Beck did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they did do sixty five. <laughs> Stinker of the year coming in. Oh, stop oh, it, God. bro. Stop it. Sixty five is not that bad. <laughs> Obviously, and I think they did the Boogeyman also, so um, which I'm gonna see. Uh, but it, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. I, that. I think that's another one that people are saying is a lot similar, similar to like Transformers: Rise of the Beast. My criticism, where it's like a lot of the cool scares and moments were in the trailers, and um, but yeah, more uh, more movie news. Let them come. <laughs> Wes Anderson is set to begin filming his 13th film of the this year, later this year, with Michael Sarah set to star. I think that should be this an month doesn't together. stop, does it? Uh, I love that the news is with Michael Sarah at the star as if we're not going to get news that 25 other massive <laughs> actors and actors yeah, are going to be Michael Sarah is just a funny character. Like, so, Michael Sarah like, should not be the first person you advertise. He's, he's <laughs> so interesting, though, is Because you don't see anything of him in the general art, in the audience. And it's like, yeah, like he doesn't do many projects. He's just such an interesting character. I know. Like, but, like, you know, Tom funny. Hanks is going to be in this movie. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Bill Wright's going to be in this yeah, movie. Yeah. Like, why are you advertising Michael Sarah <laughs> at this point? <laughs> at this point, just tell me Wes Anderson's making another movie. Don't tell me who's in it. <laughs> I'm excited to see the pairing. So he, did, he did French Dispatch in 2021. Yeah, late 2021. 21. Yep. Did he? What was the one he did before that? Was it The Life uh, Aquatic of Something? No. Something? No. Was that older? I haven't. I haven't. Grand Budapest in 2017. No. That was 2014. 2014. Yeah, he must have done something after that. Oh, I think he had that second animated film, didn't he? Isle of Dogs. Oh, Isle yeah. of Dogs. What was, was the Life Aquatic? Oh, the La- sorry, the Life Aquatic was 2004. Life Aquatic was very wow. early. Jesus. Yeah, I need to get... I'm not in a Wes Anderson. Oh, Moonrise Kingdom, was that new? No, I think it's even older. No, that was early or late 2000s, I think. 2012, okay. Okay, no, yeah. sorry. But yeah, this I man's busy film. working, and he's not that old, so I think he's just going to keep on grinding. Um, Jennifer Lawrence says that she would love to return a new Hunger Games movie. I would definitely not be against that. I think she was great. Role. I don't know how this movie takes place 70 years I think she's before saying, she's born. I think she's just saying she would return to the franchise. I think she's just saying uh, like hypothetically, right. if they ever want Katniss Everdeen back, she'd come. But yeah, I agree. Okay. I was going to say like this, it's a prequel that takes place. Yeah. The 10th hunger games. That's I, literally 65 years before the events what, of the hunger they could, games. They could de-age you. What do you mean? Make her negative years, t- negative forty years old. Yeah, negative four. She got Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, several crew members were injured on set of Gladiator Two while filming a stunt sequence. The crew members have all been treated and experienced non-life threatening injuries. But I thought this was interesting just because Gladiator Two like announced they started filming like a week ago, and they're already like yeah. having headlines of having multiple people. crew members injured on set, and they had to cease filming already. And it's like. Oof, that's 
<laughs> Ridley yeah. Scott wants this to be as authentic as possible. He's actually making people battle each other. He, he's putting like people in cages with yeah. lions and stuff. <laughs> he's like, we want this to be as authentic as possible. Fight each other right now with these swords. Yeah, so oh, that movie is off to a great start in their their early days of filming. <laughs> Um, Hocus Pocus 3 is in the works at Disney. I thought Hocus Pocus 2 last year was awful, so I don't know why they decided to keep it going. Um, The Super Mario Bros. movie has already earned $75 million from video-on-demand sales, and it's still in some select theaters, but I just wanted to make this comment saying, like, studios know what they're doing. There's so many tweets that are like, oh, my God, this movie came out three weeks ago. How are they already going to digital? Studios know how to make money. They know what they're doing. There's no way Super Mario Bros. is making $75 million at the theaters this weekend. The, the people that are in charge of the money, they know what they're doing. They got there for a reason. They didn't invent. They didn't have to make up inventing Frito Lay's to get to where they are. And then uh, we have a four-part Lionel Messi docu series in the works at Apple TV Plus. You know Lionel Messi, America's pride and joy, uh, heading to Inter Miami. So the the greatest American uh, soccer athlete of all time. And yes, it is soccer now that Lionel Messi is playing in America. Um, just one wild. <laughs> Did you see that every single? Game Inter Miami game for next season is already sold out. Yeah, and it like the average ticket price is like thirty bucks, and I was like three thousand on recent. Yeah, absurd. Wow. And like That's every not- and every like a road game they have, like the ticket prices for that home team are just like bazooka crazy. Wait, question. Yeah. How so, right, George? You go to baseball a lot, right? Well, not a uh, lot, but you go. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How how much are you spending per game, roughly? So the baseball games I've gone to this year, I have actually haven't spent a dime. My mom works for Nathan's Hot Dogs in accounting, so she gets free tickets. Uh, okay, so she gets to go to the hot dog eating contest? That's sick. <laughs> how, much, um, how much would you have to spend? Because I'm interested. I mean, so if like... I had to pay to go to a baseball game, I wouldn't get, like, amazing seats. So I don't know, maybe, like, 50 to 100 Okay, that's not too bad. I'll say it's different for Georgia and New York, too, because the the East Coast in general is a huge baseball culture. Yeah. In everywhere else, like in Minnesota and Arizona right now, you could get cheap seats for five bucks. Like, literally, you could be in the upper stands, five dollars. NFL, though, is that even more? NFL would be more. That'd probably be like, you're probably spending triple digits, like low, like a hundred dollars minimum is probably the minimum for NFL. I was just comparing it to football prices. For, for, yeah, like American football, like like for soccer, I'll say, like, it's. When because I went to a ton in Dallas and it was like ten bucks to go to a game and you could get like I would go to games for like twenty bucks and be like third MLS row game. yeah MLS like third row oh. at an MLS game for like twenty bucks which is pretty much same now but like I could go to like every Dallas game for like twenty bucks and then the, when Inter Miami comes it'll be like two thousand dollars for a nosebleed seat like that's just the effect that Messi's gonna have yeah. on the league now. Yeah. And then last bit of movie news, Jake Paul is set to star in his first feature film as a small town youth rising to international fame through combat sports. Uh, yeah, love him or hate him, he's he's accomplishing a lot of side quests at this point too. Um, yeah, I don't know. He knows how to make money that way too. Yeah, and I'm sure this movie's gonna make money because I'm sure he's gonna promote the hell out of it and get a bunch of people hyped up for it. So good on who's him, gonna be hyped up for it, man. I mean, surely no one's there like that. Jake Jake Paul has a crazy following. He on does, but like, does he have a crazy? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Just a, he's just a clever guy, to be fair. He knows what he wants to do. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into nerd Bye. news now. Oh, were you about to say something? No, 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 nothing. Okay. We're going to get into nerd news now. So Andy Muschietti, Muschietti uh, is set to direct Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is technically not confirmed. They said they'll confirm it once the writer's strike ends. But it's basically all but the dotted line has been done, that he's going to be the one directing yeah. Batman the Brave and the Bold. Um, so cool. Like I know what, George, what you're the only one. Film? 
this is going to be the first Batman film in the new James Gunn DC universe. It's going to be coming oh. out in like 2025-ish or something, 2026 maybe. Um, so it's the one that follows Batman and Damian Wayne. Uh, George, you're the only one who's seen The Flash, and you're going to be seeing it again this week, or is that next? No, that's this week. Yeah, tomorrow. That's this week. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. And, oh, you see it tomorrow. And Seth, you're yeah. seeing it this week as well. So, George, uh, yeah, Andy, Mach- Andy Machete, um, is it I based on The Flash? Are you happy he's the yeah, guy directing? I think this is great, um, especially based on The Flash. I think his direction is fantastic. I've said this before. I think translating the Flashpoint paradox into live action is a really daunting and tough task. And I think he did it as well as anyone could have. Um, And yeah, I I think team him up with James Gunn, let James Gunn give some creative input here and there on how he wants to see a Brave and the Bold movie be directed and let them work. I think this is fantastic. He did direct it chapter two though, so like you got. He did, yeah. And in chapter one, which I didn't love. And chapter one. No, because chapter one is a good thing. So, they're both um, a good thing. Yeah, they're both good. They're both I searched good. Brave and the Bold then, and all I all I came up with was the Scooby Doo Batman Brave and the Bold, and I was very confused for a second. <laughs> Scooby Scooby Doo meets Batman and Robin is so fucking good. I like Scooby Doo. Yeah, have you guys ever seen that? No, I didn't. I, know I the one, so. the one where like the it, house yeah. rotates. <laughs> that movie is like so Scooby-Doo, fucking good. Oh, yeah, so the Flash comes out for everyone this weekend, and it's uh. This weekend for fans of movies. So if you're listening to this right now, you're a fan of movies. This weekend's crap. Well, hopefully you are if you're listening yeah. to this. Otherwise, like so we, we have the Flash coming out this weekend, which is the most anticipated DCEU movie in a long time. We have Elemental, which is Pixar's latest, which I don't think. Oh, looked, is that this week? Yeah, that's this weekend. Oh, sure. You have Extraction Two, which Cam's super excited for, and we're gonna all get to see that 25 minute one take action sequence. So that comes out this weekend as well on Netflix. You have The Blackening, which is like a horror comedy, which isn't super exciting, but that's another movie coming out. And then on top of that, New York and L.A. are getting Asteroid City this weekend. So June 16th is one of the biggest weekends for cinema of the year in terms of how many new releases of massive IP are coming out or from massive studios. So good weekend to go to the movies if uh, if uh, you're ready to see all those. Else to do. Yeah, and if you've got nothing else to do. Are you, you, you going to go and see Asteroid City, George? Have you tried yeah, to see it? Yeah, I'm definitely yeah, going to see it. Okay. When does it come out for you guys? A week later. Wait, so wait. next week, like Ninth, n- 23rd. 23rd. It comes oh, out. We get it early. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. interesting. Um, cool. But yeah, then we'll continue on with some DC news. So Nicholas Holt, David Cor- Corin Sweat, and Tom Brittany are screen testing this week for Superman Legacy, as well as Emma Mackey, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe Dynavor will testing for, or testing for Lois Lane in Superman Legacy this week. So... Not necessarily saying those are the final three in each because you could always add more people to the screen test, but if you're a betting person, those are probably your three finalists for both of the roles. Um, and that does it for DC News this week. Uh, we already kind of talked about who we would like for Superman casting and Lois Lane casting, so we won't have to go into that again. Marvel News, um, Preston Matanga kind of got his praise for the week for being the, uh, the 14-year-old who worked on the Lego sequence for Across the Spider-Verse over several weeks during his spring break and then finished it um, after his homework on school nights. So I'm giving him the name of cool guy of the week because being that young and being able to make something that's in a movie that's going to come close to a billion dollars and is one of the most beloved trilogies of all time. And it wasn't just like a two second thing. Like it was at least like he had like probably one or two minutes of animation that he'd made all himself, yeah. which is just awesome. So cool guy of the week, Preston Matanga, um, bravo, sir. Uh, Obviously, you're gonna have a bright future ahead with this already on your resume at freaking 14 years old. Dog of the week. <laughs> yeah, dog of the week. I like that better. And then we're gonna go from dog of the week to 
loser of the week. Tanoch Huerta. I used to think it was Tanoch Huerta, but then after uh, watching Itumama Tambien, there's a guy named Tanoch, Tanoch, and that's how they pronounce it. Oh, so yeah, Tanoch, yeah. So Tanoch Huerta has been accused of sexual assault. Um, another Marvel L. I, I just, it's just no good. Like, I hope, uh, I hope this gets, like, I hope everything is okay and good in terms of Maria Elena Rios. Uh, and it's, it's just crazy. All the news that keeps coming out from Marvel. I think, uh, it was like a year or two ago when the whole like Amber Heard and the whole uh, Ezra Miller stuff came to light and Marvel was kind of dunking on DC saying like, wow, they just cast all like the worst human beings ever. Um, yeah. seems like they were throwing stones from glass houses at that point because it seems like Marvel's got plenty of, uh, Plenty of losers of the week working for them, so no good. Um, Marvel officially changes their name of Captain America New World Order to Captain America Brave New World. Uh, I didn't really know the, com- the connection of New, Wo- New World Order and some negative connotations historically, but that aside, I think it's like a downgrade name in terms of just like what name sounds cooler, but I get for historical purposes and for connotations of what the old name had, they wanted to change it. But it's just weird that it took this long. Like if it truly was associated with like, you know, like World War II and Nazism, like we knew it was the New World Order, and they had it at like D twenty three and all the Marvel Expos for like two years now. So it's like, in, in how Marvel's, did it take this long? In Marvel's defense, Captain America: Civil War was supposed to be called Captain America: Serpent Society for the longest time, and they didn't announce that change until that final. I think it was at Comic Con when they had previewed like a trailer or something. Okay. Where they announced that it's not going to be Captain America: Serpent Society; it's going to be Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, so maybe but that makes more sense because, like, keeping Civil War under wrap is definitely something absurd. Like, that's true. a massive announcement to make. So, like, it makes sense that they want to keep that under wraps until they have like the platform yeah. to announce it. But again, it's, just, it's not the first time mm-hmm. the MCU has done this with a Captain America movie. Yeah, that's very fair. It could just be a case of you know when they start produ- producing a film, they just slap a name on it and they just worry yeah. about what the actual name is going to be later. Um, and then, last bit of news for nerd news is Chris Hemsworth. This kind of came out in a bunch of interviews this week and says like he didn't love Thor Love and Thunder. He thought it got a little too silly. He didn't love the comedy and he's kind of over it at this point. Um, he's basically just saying what we all know and we all we all he feel said, the same, Chris. He said about like, uh, what did he say? It made me quite sad reading it when he was like about how Tarantino and, and, and Scorsese felt like Marvel films and he said that, you know, he, he hated hearing that from his heroes because he, he always wanted to work with them. It kind of made me quite sad, to be honest. I just felt quite bad for him. Um, and I definitely understand his, his his kind of point of view there, but yeah, it's. Oh, I, I actually watched. Obviously, we'll get into that, but yeah, I watched Thor and Thunder this week, and yeah. You agree? Um, <laughs> I'm the human. Yeah, shit. It's not good. Wait, what did you think of the screaming goats? We'll get into that, George. We'll get into that. <laughs> oh yeah, when we talk about what we've been watching this week, we're about we're about to be there. But yeah, the thing I feel bad for Chris Hemsworth as well too, because there's people like. Uh, why am I just playing on whoever it could be? Like anyone who's joined the MCU in like Phase Three or Phase Four, so like. I don't know what whatever new movies are coming. Even like Tom Holland, I guess Tom Holland came in when it was like halfway through Phase Two, or no, it was like the beginning of end of Phase Three. Yeah, Phase Three. Um, So he came in, and at that point, you'd be like, oh, he's joining a mega successful franchise. Whereas Thor was like number two guy, like he was like the second guy in, um, very beginning of the franchise phase. So he didn't join when it was like this tired mega successful thing he joined like he probably signed on to be thor before like even iron man probably even came out and they even knew that this was going to work so that like at that point he's just you know you're in the contract you're playing the character you're kind of locked in at this point so kind of yeah i can feel bad for him at that point because it wasn't you know he never knew what was going to grow into this crazy thing where now big directors saying like all these franchises are all kind of dry and overdone um yeah we'll move on to now what we've been watching this week um george what have you been ticking off the watch list 
I wouldn't necessarily say ticking off the watch list. Um, like again, I feel like I've been saying this for like the last ever since I started my new job. I feel like I've been saying this, but I've just been slacking like crazy on watching movies. Um, watched reality. Um, Tyler, I believe you watched that. You talked about it last mm-hmm. week on the pod. Uh, it's super okay. Uh, just right down the middle. I think it had some really cool tense scenes. Um, that just kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, but overall just didn't find myself really engaged. Um, I watched a couple episodes of Star Wars Visions because I didn't realize that each episode was uh, on Letterboxd, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to try to run through as many of those as possible because I fucking love that show. Um, rewatched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Rewatched Transformers. Rewatched Watchmen. Uh, and then I watched Itu Mama Tambien, which we'll talk about uh, in a few days on RPN real quick. All right, uh, Seth, you kind of just teased what you've been watching this week with Thor: Love and Thunder. What have uh, what were your thoughts on that? What else have you been watching this week? Yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder was just just shit. Honestly, it's terrible. Um, I don't know. I just kind of hated it to be honest. Uh, do you know what the, the goats? I thought would be in it more. Everyone was building up the goats like it was like a, an ongoing presence. Doing it that much. Uh, the you know that the, the scene where the kid's face just pops out of nowhere and you're in the room. <laughs> the little like hallucination looking thing. Terrible. That, terrible. that, was, that, uh, that made me laugh so much. Um <laughs> I was watched Captain Marvel, which I actually didn't hate, to be honest with you. Contrary to, to Tyler's opinions. Uh again, I didn't like it. I think it's very, very I medium. really like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. I just didn't think the movie was great. Yeah, it's not it's it's certainly not anything special. I just didn't hate the two point five. I finished off uh, Tim Burton's filmography because I was just going to do a video on him. Uh, he's a fucking like, weird director. I haven't liked the guy since 2007, it feels like now. I've seen every single one of his films. And I checked. I haven't liked the film he's done since uh, Sweeney Todd and that kind of period. And then I watched Ed Wood, which is like a Joan Depp one. Big Eyes, Amy Adams, uh, Christoph Waltz came out a few years, uh, like 2014. Didn't like it at all. Uh, finished off Tarantino, finally, because I wanted to do a ranking on him. So I finally watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Hateful Eight. Once Upon a Time Hollywood, I actually really liked. I give it, yeah, fair. I give Once Upon a Time Hollywood a four. I know, uh, George, do you give it like a three or 2.5? Yeah, like, I give it one of the, I think it's at a two and a half right now. That would have been a good three, pick yeah. for you last week in the draft. It would have, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's got a big following. When I did my yeah, you're movie, right. It's you're very right. much a film where people think is either kind of, well, not me, but, like, you know, the best or one of the best in Tarantino's filmography or one of the you worst. Know. No, I have it like around the middle, so I'm like completely different to that. Uh, Hateful Eight as well. Um, Hateful Eight, I liked. I didn't love, to be honest with you. I, I, it's lower lower tier of Tarantino for me, like the second to bottom. Um, I watched True Romance finally, which was good. I watched Flaming Heart, which wasn't good. I need to tick off these Black Mirror episodes because this is creeping up on me and I've got such a busy week. Is I've it got, this like, weekend? Is it this weekend or is it next week? It's Thursday. Thursday. Dude, add that to the list of what I just said for freaking June 6th. Like this weekend coming up, you're going to have crazy. content yeah, yeah, overload crazy. for what's coming out. If you care, anyone listening, Rick and Morty new season comes out on Tuesday. Oh, oh so, yeah. Like, a lot of people care about that. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a yeah, crazy weekend. That. Like summer, um, kids are going to have a good summer. That's all I'll say. I watched uh, Black Mirror Crocodile. And I texted like I texted you guys. It feels yeah. like in the later seasons, they're just kind of recycling ideas. It's, just like an mm-hmm. it's one of my least just, favorite episodes. It was like a two point five for me. I didn't hate it. And then I also watched Alien yesterday. I don't know if you guys have seen Alien, it's pretty good. It's uh yeah, six it's stars. 
It's fuck. Yeah, I've watched that film four times this year already. It's, I just love that <laughs> film so much, man. Like, that is now officially my favorite horror ever. And I, I think it might even be in my top three films ever now. I've watched it so many times. I just love that film so fucking much. Okay. Like, it's probably so, overtaken like Barry Lyndon The Shining for me. Wow, which is, uh, that's big news. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I just, I, I love Alien so much. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. A few things this week. I wa- so I had the week off work and I watched a lot this week, which I was already planning on. But the fact that I was watching like a, a puppy, like pretty much the whole week meant like I really couldn't do much other than sit on my couch and watch movies because I just had to be like focus on this puppy the whole time, make sure it wasn't tearing up shit or peeing everywhere. So I watched a ton. Um, so I watched Sanctuary, everything, everyone's heard about it. It lives up to the hype. Uh, Margaret Qualley and Christopher Abbott are incredible in this. Uh, yeah, I feel it's good. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, watched The Hunt. Uh so Finally, good. I was I was so mad that whole movie watching. I just wanted to I told you donkey stomp that chick, um, chick for like six year olds. Yeah, I mean, the like, um, skip ahead ten seconds if you don't want to spoil it for the hunt, a movie that came out eleven years ago. So here you've been warned. But just like, and this isn't even a spoiler, just like killing that dog was just so. Yeah, no, like, that the Mount Rushmore of like unnecessary dog killings, like the. What was the movie we watched on the real quick? That's up there too. It's like oh, those two are the Badlands. Badlands. Badlands and the Hunt are like up there, but just two of the most like unnecessary like yeah. when he's burying him in the garden, it's so sad. Yeah. No need for it. So sad. I, do you know what scene I loved in the hunt when he headbutts him in the supermarket in the store, whatever? I, that was so good. That fucking yeah. Yeah, great film. Mm-hmm. I love that film great so film. much. Five out of five for me. Uh, watch Office Space, which I think is a really funny movie for anyone. But if you haven't worked like in corporate America, like so I'm talking to people who are like listening to this, I might be like, you know, 16 in high school or maybe in college. Like once you get in corporate America, this is when you have to watch this. this is a Even movie... corporate here. It's the same one. Yeah, sorry, I'm in cor- I, yeah, corporate anything. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, corporate America is just kind of like a term people use here. So just mean the corporate world. But um, yeah. yeah, when I first started my very first job out of college, the like lead engineer on my team gave me a DVD copy of this. And he was like, he gives it to everyone on their like first day of work. And he's like, you need to watch this. Like, this is just going to like, it is going to be your life. And I watched it and he's like, and I was just like, this is just too accurate, man. And, like it's such a depressing way. I don't mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't... Like, <laughs> just so much worthless nonsense. Like it's just, it's just such a funny movie. I love the opening scene when they're driving in the street or driving to work. And film. like, he's playing just loud gangster music. And then he pulls up and he like just turns the volume all the way down. It's so it funny. Yeah. Um, I love finally finish off the Fast and the Furious franchise with uh, Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, and F9. <laughs> just what a bonkers franchise. Man. You're a bit late, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit late, but I'm, I'm a completionist. I'm, I'm, I got to get ready for, you guys, 2025 April is coming up faster than you think for Fast X Part 2. I got to get ahead of the curve. You're so right. Rewatch oh, The Irishman, which I just love that movie, man. I know a lot of people say it's like overly long and boring, like in terms of like people who aren't like Scorsese fans or like necessarily like cinema fans, but. I love The Irishman, man. It's so good. Yeah, I like The Irishman a lot. Uh, and then I wanted to keep watching more Scorsese, so I wanted to watch The Last Temptation of Christ, but I was like just like tired and just turned on The Passion of the Christ accidentally. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. And I rented it on Amazon Prime, so it wasn't like something I was just going to turn off. It's like I just paid three bucks. I'm going to watch it. Didn't care for it all. And I know like a that's like the movie like everyone who goes like Catholic school or goes to church or whatever, like everyone seems like have to watch that as a kid. So I think a lot of people were dis- disliked my two-star review, but it is what it is. American History X, 10 out of 10 movie, enters my exclusive club. I adored that movie. I think even if I watched that movie six months ago, I wouldn't have rated as high as I do. Was that now. your first watch? Yeah, first watch. Okay, I just thought the story was great, a lot of twists and turns, but I thought the direction and like the style of the film was so good, so great. 
Um, yeah, yeah, Tony K is a, a good director. That, yeah, I, like I thought it was just excellent. I loved everything about it. Um, Paddington 2, watched it. Didn't live up to like the 5 out of 5 hype everyone says it is, but it's still a very heartwarming. I still haven't seen it, man. I need to watch those. Have films. you seen the? Yeah, you have to watch it first. I haven't seen either of them. But, yeah. I mean, very just heartwarming, fun film. I watched Taste of Cherry as well, which I don't think Seth's seen, but George has seen. You can't watch it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, now I can. Yeah, now you can. Now that you've been open, your eyes have been open to the world of uh, certain sites. But uh, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It's a hard movie to unpack on first watch. I gave it a four star. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it would go higher in a rewatch, but it's just a, it's just a great film. I'll just leave it at that. And then uh, let's see what else. Inside, George. which George went to the premiere of, finally watched that. The Willem Dafoe one. I need to watch yep. I think if anyone else other than Willem Dafoe was in that movie, it would have been like a one or two star for me because it's like it's a really slow burn that has to be carried by one guy. It's basically a one man show, but he does it so well. I gave it a three star. Um, last couple, Padre Pio, Shia LaBeouf's newest film that Owen's a huge fan of. I saw he logged it back to back days. He went to the theater back to back days to see Padre Pio. Uh, it was a two star for me. I mean, I don't know what he's seen in that. I mean, what did you rates. expect, bro? Owen gives bad movies good ratings and good ratings movies bad ratings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, Tyler, I That's how it works. <laughs> I watched uh, a film by by uh, what's he called Ebel Ferreira this week as well. It was Zeros and Ones, which is the Ethan Hawke one for 2021. Mm. I think that's the same director as Pad. What's it called? Padre Pio. Padre Pio. Padre Pio. Yeah, it, it was so interesting. It was such a weird film. I actually quite liked it. I'll probably watch that one again too. Hmm. Um, yeah. And then lastly, or the last couple, The Departed, another ten out of ten movie. My favorite Scorsese. Yeah, I just love the that Departed. movie. Departed. Just absolutely love that movie. It's so good that it makes me forget that Mark Wahlberg's in it. You um, give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a ten out of ten. Oh man, I'm the only one. I'm letting the team down with the real talk with the real talk collection. No, oh, you're man. not. That's the yeah. point of the real talk collection. We need all four people to be on the same page. And if it's not yeah. five out of five for you, you don't have to feel bad about it. Um, it's a four point five. I do like it a lot. And then I would uh, love to go through the collection and see how many movies each of us are throwing off. Like how many do you one, agree yeah. have a five out of five that mm-hmm. I don't? How many do me, Seth, and Tyler have a five out of five that Cam don't? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's me, me and Tyler throwing off the score. It's got to be you and Tyler. It's mostly me. Yeah, it's got to be two of you. I didn't want to say it. And then uh, started my Mission Impossible watch through. I've only watched the first one with Brian De Palma directing. Really enjoyed it. The the sequence of him, like that everyone's seen, you know, the image of him like rappelling yeah. down to the. That's just such yeah. an iconic scene. And then uh, lastly, Shooting Stars, watched the LeBron James movie. Uh, I actually quite liked it. I gave it three point five star. Like I was expecting just a bland sports biopic, which like it is a pretty much by the numbers sports biopic. But I didn't know a lot about LeBron James' life. I didn't know that he got suspended his entire senior year of high school for like taking a bribe because he got a free jersey from someone. And he, I did, I just thought LeBron James probably balled out his senior year of high school, but he didn't get to play any of the games. So I was like, that that kind of blew my mind. And uh, the guy they got to play him. His voice was so eerily similar to LeBron James. Like I was like, this is a great casting. And then Cam mentioned to me that he's literally not even an actor. He's a five-star basketball recruit that's going to be playing for Oregon next season, which is a great basketball school. I'm like, that's just crazy that they just got a dude who's literally like an absolute baller to be like, you're playing LeBron James in a movie. And then Caleb McLaughlin played uh, one of his friends, um, Lil Drew or something, and he was, he was good in it too. Um, but just like a heartwarming story, man. Like LeBron James is one of those the athletes that just does everything right. Like he married his high school sweetheart that he met. Like his first basically girlfriend is who he's married and is still with today. They showed like the classic like after a biopic where they show like where are they now stuff. 
and like him and all his high school teammates like it shows them like hanging out every year like having a good time getting together like he just seemed like a very upstanding dude so it was a nice to see a little biopic apart from the fact he lies all the time just makes stuff up but let's be honest in terms of all the stuff we've been seeing of celebrities and athletes we'll take lying Compared to all the yeah, other yeah. stuff we're getting. No, I, I like it. It's funny. Fair. I like seeing the videos. Yeah. They're hilarious. The videos. It's not sexually assaulting anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is yeah. true. And, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll leave it there with the main part of the episode. We will get into our draft. But quickly, I just want to mention, we've kind of hinted at it a little bit so far. Uh, Itu Mama Tambien is the movie we are reviewing on the Real Quick this week. It was suggested by Callum Singh. So if you want to be ripe and ready for Friday when we post that review, go yeah, ahead and try idea. and watch it in the next yeah. couple of days. Um, we all really enjoyed it, but uh, we'll obviously get into it much more in the real quick review. And then, uh, as always, check out the Patreon description down below. We change all the tiers so that every tier kind of got a buff and upgrade of terms of what you're going to be getting for your money. So uh, excited for that. We're going to be having a movie watch along with the patrons this week. Um, so that should be exciting. I'm the one hosting that watch along, and I don't know what we're going to be watching yet, but stay tuned, patrons, because it should be a fun time. And then we also have merch. We're I'm going to be constantly adding new stuff to the store because we're always thinking of new ideas. So make sure you're checking that out. Our website, realtalkpodcast.com. We are now going to be getting into our draft, which was also suggested by Callum Singh, which we don't choose patron suggested people for the main episode draft. We do this for real quicks, but I just couldn't think of anything. Like, I didn't want to do it. Like, what are we going to do? Like, draft our favorite chips for Flaming Hot? Maybe we could draft our favorite chips. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. I feel like we would have ran out of chips eventually. Because I'd have just said things that you wouldn't know. And you yeah. said things I would Your favorite know, crisps. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crisps. That's yeah. what they're called, bro. Crisps. <laughs> I just couldn't think of any good draft this week that related to the theme. Damn, that would have been so fucking funny. <laughs> we'll we'll pencil that in for for next <laughs> week or something. We'll do favorite crisps, but uh, we're gonna be drafting yeah. the, the worst acting performances of all time. This should be a interesting because like it was hard it, to prepare this is for. Tough. This is tough. My strategy. I just is, thought I, of the first ones came to my head. I just I, looked at my lowest rated films and just like looked at ones that had egregiously bad acting and tried to pick from them because I was looking at lists online and maybe other people agree with this and I don't. But there was lists that said like Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter, one of the worst of all time. Tobey Maguire That's and Spider-Man. Wild, man. Those are yes. wild. Like I was just like these lists are giving me nothing right now. So I had to. It wasn't the typical draft where we can kind of postpone prepping for and just look at a list because i was like these lists are ass dude um but we'll get right into it so the draft order because we're, we're obviously camelous is george seth and myself and we are going to be going for five rounds we'll start off with george the number one one worst acting performance of all time i'm so intrigued see where you I'm go. like i i don't know i don't know because like i don't in my mind there's no clear there isn't there isn't performance of all time no. there, there are two that stand out to me like crazy um so i'm confident i don't know if i'd say i'm confident both of them will go first round i'm definitely going to take one of them so i don't know how confident i am the second one will be taken first round but i am going to go i'm sorry to do this to my homie i'm going to go with arnold schwarzenegger and batman and robin, batman and robin. i like him in that film but yeah he's kind of shit Tough week for Arnold Schwarzenegger getting one one pick for worst acting and for Seth to tell George to stop doing Arnold presses. Arnold just can't yeah, sure. Arnold just can't <laughs> catch a break this week, guys. We gotta stop with the Arnold bullshit, man. Uh, is it is it me? Yeah. yeah. Uh I'll go I you can't have this conversation not mentioned. I'll go Tommy Wiseau for the room. Yeah. yeah. Iconic. Yeah. Um, he also he just came out with a new movie that screened in LA because I know a writer who went to go see it. Right. He's trying to go 
two for two on shitty yeah. movies. Um, I'm going to go, like, I've... This has got to be a first round pick, in my opinion. I'm going Sofia Coppola for The Godfather Part Three. Yeah, I knew you'd pick that. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were gonna get yeah. that. Had to get yeah. it. I just despise that performance. Oh shit, it's back to me on a back to back. Um, I'm gonna go with a recent one now, since we kind of went with a throwback there. I'm gonna go with Tom Hanks and Elvis. Wow, that's a great. People will hate you for that, but I really like. Yeah, that. people yeah. will hate, hate you for that, but I completely agree on and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna spoil too, something too. for maybe a potential pick, but I don't want to get taken from me, so I'm not gonna spoil it because I maybe that, I can later. His performance in that film took it down by like a star or two for me. I'm yeah. not even joking. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Back to you. Um, this literally just came to my mind, and this is just not like the worst one ever. And she barely says anything, so this is incredibly harsh. Uh, Ruby Rose in John Wick Two. Oh yeah, yeah. She wow. wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, I just, she's also she's <laughs> the thing is right. She doesn't just say anything. I just think she's a really bad and dull actress. And do you know we had that period when she did like Orange Is the New Black, where she was like the thing, mm-hmm. everyone was obsessing over her. And she was cast in so many projects, and I just think she she could never act, and she was cast the namesake. And in John Wick, even the facial expressions she does are bad. I'm I'm telling you, mm-hmm. go back and rewatch it. She's terrible. No, it's the film. same thing in The Meg. She's also in that, and she's so oh, bad she. every time she's on the screen. Like she just looks like a fish out of water whenever she's on screen. No pun intended for The Meg. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. George, <laughs> um, my second pick. I'm gonna go with Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. That's gonna be a controversial pick too. Good performance. Stop. It's comedy. Uh, it's not comedy. Stop. It's I hate comedy. that. Oh, it's a bad movie because he meant it's to make it a bad deliberate funniness. Stop. That's what it is. It's such bullshit. It's such but such how a shitty dead. way to defend a movie. That's how such a trash dead. way to defend. To be fair, how, any how... Mark Wahlberg performance, even his Oscar nominated Departed, I wouldn't mind seeing on a worse acting performance yeah. of all time list. Oh, not Boogie Nights. He's he's got. Oh, okay, that's yeah. fair. That's the I one. It's because he was too uh, young to be able to act bad. He didn't. He was too naive to understand how what bad acting was. Although he was probably more horrible as a young person anyway. So <laughs> oh, yeah. We all know about young Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, my third pick, I'm going to take Addison Ray, and he's all that. Oh. If you watch that, I think you watch that shit. That's funny. Uh, okay, I was about to say, I was going to do like an... Because when Seth was gone, I did an impression of him being mad that someone stole his pick, and I was going to do that for Cam, because yeah, I know he's a fan of She's All That, but I think yeah, he, he says he likes her performance. performance. He's a fan. Yeah, so he would so, so I'll be like... Just, can't be like, oh, that's so head. bullshit. Dog, you, you don't even freaking know <laughs> yeah, what you're talking you got, about. Michael Bay up. balls on Transformers, <laughs> L. Uh, is it me again? Or is yeah. It, uh, yeah, you too, basically. Yeah. Back to you. Uh, I'll go I'll go Halle Berry in uh, in Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. got to yeah. be drafted. Yeah. Got to be drafted. She, didn't she get a, a what's it called? Raz, she accepted she got a Ra- Razzie. Razzie? Yeah, she yeah. Got yeah. Razzie. And she accepted it. That's funny. I don't know. And the thing is, with a draft like this, like Halle Berry and Catwoman, I know some people disagree with Mark Wahlberg and the happening and stuff, but it's like for drafts like these, you could say like, oh, it's not their fault. It was the writing. It's whatever. But still, like no, at no, the end of the day, it's, where's the acting for us? I mean, the that whole movie super sucked. Her fault. Although the, the whole film is just like, <laughs> Does it but get so, more her fault than that? The basketball scene is one of the greatest scenes in comic book history, though. I just, I can't get enough of that scene. Um, <laughs> okay, next up, we will go with... Um, Jaden Smith for After Earth, which I know Seth and oh, I don't think is as bad of a movie wow. as most people. I genuinely like After Earth, but Jaden Smith is awful in it, man. He's not good. I was so I, close to taking Will Smith in After Earth. Really? I think Jaden Smith's worse. I mean, that's I, one of the worst movies ever made. No! I like it. I, will, I like I it, but I hate the acting. I think the acting is the worst thing in that movie. I think everything else yeah, I kind of like. 
Such I will say with this movie. one, I'm not going to defend this one like The Happening. I don't like After Earth. I can't like wait after for Earth. Doug and Owen to see our graphic with two Shyamalan yeah, picks. Yeah, I know. They're going to freak out. I might make it three, actually, in a little bit, oh, to shit. be honest. Oh, shit. It's back to me. Um, ooh, this... <laughs> Another one that's going to be controversial, but let's just be honest with ourselves here. Hayden Christensen, Attack of the Clones. Let's just be oh, honest, people. Yeah. Star Wars fans, you're going to be mad at this. Yeah, I know there's nostalgia, but let's just be freaking honest. You could take him in Revenge of the Sith as well. Right, yeah, just, I just uh, think Attack of the Clones is like the worst. Attack of the Clones is the worst. Yeah, that was my next pick. That I agree with. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back to Seth. This is not one of the worst acts of performances ever. I'll just get out of the way. But <laughs> she like. Yeah, because she, she, it was. This is more like a thing where I think the the actor was just so unbelievably miscast to the point where she couldn't do anything with it, okay. and and also the people she was round. It's quite hard to live up to their standards, and that is Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New York. Yeah, saw that yeah. on a lot of lists. I, I was that in a lot of lists? Yes. Yeah. So you're not oh, alone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just think she was so miscast. Mm-hmm. She annoyed me. Have you seen Guns in New York, Tyler? I'd be keen to know your Yeah, but it's literally like 10 years ago. So it's quite low down on my Scorsese yeah. right yeah, that's, uh, I don't know where it is on mine. I have to rewatch it for sure. Uh, George, your All final right, two my, picks. Yeah, my final two picks. My fourth pick, I'm going to go with Adam Sandler in Jack. And yeah, Jill. there it is. There it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, you don't get one Adam Sandler be... horrible performance. You get two for the price it, of yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Facts. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, and then my last pick, I don't know, I can go a couple of directions, but I'm going to go with, uh, ah, shit. Because I'm just looking at this, like so many of these performances just piss me off like crazy, and I want to take every single one of them. <laughs> like every single one yeah, of the them. The honorable mention um, should be good. Yeah, the honorable mention should be good. I don't um, have any. <laughs> should I dog Josiah and take Kevin James and Paul Blarmock? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to pull a cam yes. here and say, like, I like that. Yes, <laughs> no, no, yes, I, that, that's obviously a joke, but... No. When he's sure. risen up like the electronic store girl, he's a king, man. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with... Oh, I just saw it. Shit, no, damn. Fuck, 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 fuck. fuck. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have this, I have this. Bro's list yeah, is I'm... 200 names long. If he lost it, his order, he's like, fuck, where was it? Yeah, this is... A, <laughs> I have a long list in front of me. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> going to go with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Race to Witch Mountain. I'm not I don't even it. know what that is. I'm, don't watch it. I'm not even kidding no. you. The whole time I was prepping for this draft, I wanted to think of a Dwayne The Rock Johnson one because I just think he's so bad, but I couldn't pick the right movie for it. But you got no, it. I think, I, think, I, think, I think that's the right one, Race to Witch Mountain. He's just consistently like, meh. There's no one I'd say is horrific. Maybe, well, maybe yeah. George, that one you said. Yeah. Uh, well, I only have one left on my list, and you guys definitely haven't seen this. There was a... Um, a remake of the horror of a horror called The Wicker Man, a uh, seventies horror which I like. Uh... No, no, it was the uh, no, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah. The remake right. in two thousands, mid two thousands. He is the film itself. To be fair, is just a the old Wicker Man. George, you should watch it. It's really, really good. I like it, but horrendous. Nicholas Cage in that. I'm a Nicholas Cage fan. He is so awful, like just so bad. So that'll be my last bit. Definitely. Uh, and okay, I'll go for this one with the last pick, which again, I don't think is the worst of all time. So the thing is with like a draft like this, we're going for the worst of all time, but like there's probably so many performances worse than this that are in like indie movies no one's heard about. But for a draft, yeah. you got to do stuff, you got to do bad performances in a movie people know. And 
I have five left on my board, so I don't know which one to pick, but I'll pick Jared Leto for Suicide Squad because I really just dislike yeah. him as Joker. I was very curious to see if someone's going to pick that. I think Cam would have picked that earlier if he were yeah. here. I don't know if I hate him as Joker, to be fair. I don't, I don't like him. But I didn't like him in Snyder's Justice League either, but he's only in at the very end. Oh, he's but... Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, honorable mentions. Seth, you said all your picks have been taken. I, I literally had just those written down, and the other one I had written down that wasn't there was um, Hayden Christensen and Zach of the Clones. Yeah. So. Could have taken, like, any Kevin Hart movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's Seth. like, it's it's just the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, like, horrific one. Uh, Zach Efron and Firestarter last year, that was Ooh, ass. Yeah. He was in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Bru- yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis and Red. I have Bruce, a hot... No, Bruce Willis has done some really bad ones in the past yeah, few years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he really has. I was oh, you know who you could have taken? Um, Patrick Wilson in Moonfall. Oh, I still and he, Halle Berry in Moonfall too. Like, yeah, yeah, brutal movie. I have a hot take though. So on a lot of lists, Katie Holmes for Batman Begins was in there, which I didn't like her performance. But I like Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Dark Knight worse. I. Maggie John on the Dark Knights drive me crazy, dude. I can't stand her performance. Oh, really? I don't think she's like. I mean, I, I don't think she's great, but I don't think Maggie John Hall's that bad. I don't know. I, I just really don't like her as an actress, but I will say, like, I really have enjoyed her directing work so far. I really enjoyed The Lost Daughter with Olivia Coleman, your girl. Um, Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones for Batman Forever. Um, R- Robert De Niro, Dirty Grandpa. I hated Dirty Grandpa. Oh, then, yeah. Oh, that's such a good shout. Yeah. I pick that one. And then another that. great Tom Hanks pick would have been just Pinocchio from last year. I could have gotten two Tom Hanks oh, on my, the board. This, yeah, I need to. This, yeah, bad draft. Bad draft. Nah, you got, the, you, got the, you got the picks you needed. But yeah, that was. Uh, George, were you able to mark down our names so you can run through them? Oh, yeah, I got you. Uh, I took Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin, Mark Wahlberg in The Happening, Addison mm-hmm. Ray, and he's all that. Adam Sandler in Jack and Jill and The Rock in Race to Witch Mountain. Seth took Tommy Wiesu in The Room. Ruby Wise-o. Rose. Wise or whatever. Ruby Rose in John Wick Chapter 2. Halle Berry in Catwoman. Cameron Diaz in Gangs in New York. Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man. And Tyler took Sofia Coppola in The Godfather Part 3. Tom Hanks in Elvis. Jaden Smith in After Earth. Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones. And Jared Leto in Suicide Squad. I have a question, George. What was the other M Night performance you didn't like? Oh yeah, I do want to know that. It was going to be Will Smith and After Earth. Uh, okay. but... I was scared you were going to like dog on one of my favorites, which was no, no. I, I was considering Joaquin Phoenix in um. Uh... Don't you dare say Signs. No, not Signs. What's that shitty movie he plays in? Not the shitty movie. Or Paul Giamatti in uh, Lady in the Water. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, that I like it. I like Paul Giamatti in that. Nah, he's. <laughs> He tried, but he's not good. Wait, which Joaquin Phoenix performance? What's the one with the... Uh, oh, my God, the Sixth Sense. No. Signs. No. He's in God two Shyamalan it, movies? Oh, The Village. The Village. The Village. He's good in The Village. village. Yeah, uh, of you course he You is. can't and, put a Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. I, I, sure. The and, and The Happening is a good movie, Seth. Sure. Because it is. Otherworldly sure glazing on M. Night Shyamalan from Seth this week. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Okay, let's take a step back. I rate it a three star. Like, it's not like I'm not only giving like five. Yeah, it's It's one of those things that like Cam has to do all the time where like we say something's like a half star and he always says it's like a three star, but he has to treat it as like a five star because we're so low on it. You have to be like, (laughs) shout out to our patrons once again. Um, we will uh, this episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. We have Al Bodie, Alexander Kephart, Mac Wells, Remy Walker, Stefan Johnson, Seven Mod Jeffy, AJ Quigley. 
Alexander Biscardi, Ben Leggy, Ben Hansey, Callum Singh, who's extra lucky this week getting his draft and movie review taken, Shout Cody Whitney, soon. Dakota Buckner, Dean Katamanidis, Dylan Chip, Ferdinando Four, Jimmy O'Connor, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Luke Deerhog, Marcellus, Relapse, Rocco 1.0, Sean Morales, Tad and Bougie, Trey Artsy, Will Kim, Yunus BBX. Thank you all so much for being executive producers of the Real Talk Podcast. We literally wouldn't be able to make this if it wasn't for all of you guys. So thank you all so much. If you want to join the Patreon and join our watch parties, um, we're going to be having Google Hangouts with patrons and Discord and all, all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check it out in the description down below. But that has been the big 4-0 episode of the Real Talk Podcast. Stay tuned this week for the E2 Mama Tambian Real Quick Review and our draft coming up this week as well. And as always, we will see you in the next one. <laughs>